Hello, everyone, and welcome to the stream. Hopefully, everybody can hear me. Uh, if you're in the chat room, maybe just uh, give it a thumbs up. And uh, hello, Little Wave, if you're uh, tuning in from wherever in the world, and, and hopefully uh, you guys can all hear me just okay. This is day one, session two, the PM session of Bahrain Preseason Testing 2021. Uh, we've had a lot of action so far in the early part of the day today. Um, currently 9 a.m. Eastern here in Ottawa, Canada. So if you're in the live chat, uh, just drop in the, in the chat room there uh, where you're watching from and what part of the world. I'd be interested to see from where everybody is watching, but we've got uh, a very busy day to catch up on in day one. Before we get to all the action and recapping just what happened in the morning and then going on to what's uh, happening currently on track, I just wanted to let you know that this stream, as long as our Backmarkers F1 Show podcast is sponsored by the gpbox.com, you can check the links down below in the description of this video. They've sent us some exclusive discount codes for Backmarkers F1 Show subscribers, so please check that out down below. You can also use the hashtag BMF1Stream on Twitter to ask us some questions. I've got my uh, Twitter open here as well as we got the live timing as well. So if you send in any questions through Twitter, I should be able to uh, get to those as well as in the chat as well. So uh, any comments, any questions you get to, and then throughout this session, uh, I'll be reading them out uh, online. Uh, tomorrow, we got uh, a busier day lined up. We got uh, Shaker from the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast joining me as well. And then it'll be Tim Haraney joining me afterwards for a post-show wrap-up. Tim is a former Canadian racing driver and TSN's F1 analyst here in Canada. Um, you might remember Tim from our podcast a little bit earlier on in 2020, um, which you can find uh, on our channel as well. Okay, so that should about do it for all the uh, introductory stuff so we can get on to uh, some of the analysis and, and what's going on on track. Currently, a minute 56.30 left uh, in this session of day one. Um, so I've currently got the uh, the feed going up here. Um, so hopefully if you're listening or watching at home, uh, maybe you can try and sync it up with your feed. So if I happen to be commenting on something uh, that's going on in the screen, uh, that's not exactly happening at the same time over there at your, that's fine. Uh, currently, we've got Nikita Mazepin on track for Haas. Um, Mick Schumacher was in the car earlier this morning. Schumacher will be in the car in the PM session tomorrow, and then Mazepin will take on in the AM um, and uh, one of the big stories really in this afternoon session and, and just reading as I was uh, coming in today is uh, the sandstorm that's going on right now in Bahrain. I know sometimes in preseason testing in Spain, we have issues with snow and cold conditions, but it's a, it's a sandstorm. That's the problem here in Bahrain. So that's kind of the issue with, uh, with winter testing here in this part of the world is the fact that you're going to have some, some of these issues. So we've seen some uh, somewhat limited running here in the PM session. But uh, because it's so limited now with the three days of testing that the drivers just have to get out anyways and just get on track and, and do what they can. So um, that's what you're seeing right now at the moment. So before we uh, just continue with the live coverage of the PM session in session two, uh, let's just do a quick recap of the morning session. In case you missed it, it was very early. It was a 2 a.m. Uh, local start time here uh, for testing. So I missed uh, definitely the AM session. But uh, Daniel Ricciardo was fastest in the morning session on day one with a lap time of a 132.2. He completed 45 laps. Uh, below him in P2 is Pierre Gasly for Alpha Tauri. Only uh, two one-hundredths of a second behind him at 132.231. Followed by Max Verstappen in P3. Esteban Ocon in P4. Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari in P5, uh, a much better start to testing this year for Ferrari, although uh, toward the later end of the session, 
Ferrari did have some issues with their power unit and he did pull over causing a red flag. So hopefully they got that fixed up. Uh, then we got Kimi Raikkonen in sixth. Uh, Sebastian Vettel for Aston Martin, his Aston Martin debut, 133.7, a second and a half uh, behind the pace, but obviously lap times don't really mean that much in testing. I'm sure you guys already know that. Roy Nassani, the reserve driver for Williams, who's got the whole day to himself uh, today, which uh, interestingly enough, we'll get to that, and I'm curious to know what your opinions are for that. He places an eighth. Uh, Mick Schumacher for Haas in his debut. He's got ninth, uh, 136-1, completing 15 laps. And then the big story, I think, in the AM session was uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, for Mercedes, a 136-8. Only completed six laps, laps, though. Gearbox issues for Mercedes. And uh, that is why he had such limited running. But they are back on track now. um, So they have been able to get out there. So yeah, that was a pretty pretty eventful and uh, in morning session here. Just going to update uh, Twitter to see if there's anything uh, of a note here. Um, but let's uh, let's take a look at this tweet uh, from Sebastian Fettel and uh, just kind of see uh, what the track conditions were like and and what are some of the things that uh, that he was looking out for in his first session. He says it was quite a tricky morning because it's very windy and the grip was quite low. I think. I think everybody was facing the same track conditions, but still it was very good for me to get a proper read about the car, getting used to all of the new elements. So like I said before, lap time is not too much important uh, in winter testing, but really what's important this year in winter testing is just seeing how many of the teams can successfully run without any issues. Obviously Mercedes running, losing a ton of time this morning uh, with that gearbox issue. So it's not like previous years where we used to have six or even eight days of testing where you can kind of really work out these issues. Uh, unfortunately, you can't uh, because of only the three days. So uh, right now we have Lance Stroll, who uh, is driving for Aston Martin for the first time in this PM session. He's just come into the pits. Um, so yeah, very, very important for for every team to try and maximize the results. That's why it was a very good session this morning for the likes of Alpha Tauri and Red Bull, who were able to complete a really good amount of laps. Um, Pierre Gasly did the most laps this morning with 74 and then Max Verstappen behind him did 60 laps, um, and then Kimi Räikkönen as well in the Alfa Romeo, 63 laps. So a healthy amount of laps there, but Pierre Gasly topped uh, the amount of laps done in the morning session. So there's a shot of, uh, right now they're showing Charles Leclerc on the pit wall. Yeah, hopefully that uh, Ferrari had their car launch and, I guess, livery launch uh, on, on March the 10th and did a filming session yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys think of that uh, Mission Winnow green kind of combination logo on there. But uh, yeah, they're hoping that uh, they fix their issues from last season. They got pretty much uh, almost a brand new rear at the car. They got a new gearbox, obviously upgraded power unit, um, some changes at the front too, a little bit on the nose. So hopefully that they got their issues fixed out. I don't think it can get much worse than it did last year, but you never know, I think. And uh they had some issues this morning with, with the power unit. And I think that even for Mercedes too, with the gearbox issues that they had, I think it's going to be slightly of a concern for the customer teams like Aston Martin and the team that we're seeing on track right now with Lando Norris on the hard tire. And that's McLaren because McLaren are the only team this year to be debuting or, or using a new power unit than to the one that they did last year. So that's a big, big change for McLaren. So pretty good start for them though, so far with, with Ricardo being able to do a healthy amount of laps and, and, of course, topping the timesheets, which, which is a nice thing for, for McLaren. But they've done that actually the past couple seasons uh, in winter testing, if, uh, if you guys can remember back to that. So we got Lando Norris currently out on track. 
Currently only four cars out on track. I think uh, from the looks of it here on the tracker, we got another Red Bull out there as well and an Alpha Tauri. Coming under two hours in this session. Yeah, guys, if you're watching in the chat, just drop drop a, a comment or, or, or a chat in the in the room. Just tell me where you're watching from. I know it's a early start. Uh, as I see somebody was asking why there was no uh, session one stream. Uh, well, I didn't feel like doing a, a session one stream. Obviously, for for here us uh, in Canada, it's a two a.m. local start time, so it was sort of uh, I guess very early in the morning or very late at night. Um, so I just figured that uh, now would be more of a prime time for everybody to watch because most of the viewers who are in Europe, it's uh, mid-afternoon there, 1 or 2 o'clock, and it's also uh, here early in the morning. It's 9 a.m., just past 9 a.m. here in Canada, so more people will be willing to watch. And, uh, yeah, we'll look at that. We got one comment there saying we're watching from Cambodia. That's that's pretty crazy. That's a long way away from here. So hello to you uh, in Cambodia. And that just noticing here, you can see Lando Norris just weaving here on the straights just how much dust he's kicking up on the start-finish straight heading down into turn one. There's so much sand on the track, and it's not ideal, but uh, I think that these drivers just have to try and make the most of it. So we might not get the best representative times uh, on this session today uh, with just the tricky conditions that we're seeing, but I just found that that was a, a crazy ton of amount of dust and sand that Lando Norris was kicking up there. Um Calgary, Alberta, the only part of Canada that matters. It's nice. I got uh, actually a, a family friend who is uh, currently living out there in Calgary, Alberta. And yeah, he's always posting uh, really nice photos when he's going on hikes. So yeah, Cal Calgary is much nicer than Ottawa, Canada. I can guarantee you that for sure. Uh, we got another one, Brett, saying he's watching from Oklahoma, USA. Hello to you, Brett, from all the way out in Oklahoma. Is that uh, Midwest or South? Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not, I'm not too sure of my U.S. geography, but I think it's somewhere there uh, in the Midwest. Um, so hello to you there. There's a shot of uh, the Red Bull garage there. I think it's, uh, yeah, Max Verstappen has got the whole day to himself today. And then Sergio Perez will be making his debut tomorrow in the car. But uh, pretty quiet right now on the track. We got Carlos Sainz making his Ferrari debut today in this PM session. He's out there for Ferrari at the moment. What do you guys think of that partnership of uh, Science and Leclerc? I mean, I know I did the video of the teammate tail of the tape, and I kind of had the opinion at the end of that video that this would be potentially an explosive, uh, explosive relationship for, for the two of them, just because I think that Science and Leclerc are kind of almost the same. They're both incredibly competitive, both incredibly talented as well, young and hungry. And I know that Ferrari maybe kind of thought that they're bringing in Science as a number two to support Leclerc, who's going to be their next you know world champion and the golden boy at Ferrari. But I don't think that science is going to give it up that easy. So I'm curious to know what you guys think. I mean, they seem to be getting along really well um, behind the scenes from what I saw from the delivery launch and everything like that, which is good. Um, but I think that on track, neither of them are going to give an inch. So uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting battle here. But here he goes on his first flying lap here. And I can barely see him coming out of the, the sand and the dust of, of the sandstorm here heading into turn one. Uh, science... Yeah, like that. I'm that mission went out logo, the green. It's it's very very strange. Um, yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna go with that logo because of the whole, you know, tobacco sponsorship rules in certain different areas of the world. But yeah, it, it yeah, I don't really like that shade of green uh, on there as well. Um, yeah, so uh, so Brett replied back. He says central north of Texas. Okay, so thank you. I, I think I kind of get a picture of that of where that is. Now we got another viewer, another Chris watching from. Livermore, California. I've actually never heard of that uh, city before, but hello to you from uh, from Ottawa to California. 
much nicer weather, I'm assuming, uh, in California than it is here. Although it's uh, spring seems like it's finally coming out now, which is nice. But uh, yeah, we've had a pretty pretty difficult winter like we usually do. But uh, yeah, well, where are you guys uh, watching from? I know uh, some got a comment here that's saying that you can't watch uh, even uh, via F1 TV. I'm currently watching uh, from F1 TV. Luckily, they extended the rights to Canada so that I could actually live stream sessions and, and not just get the on-demand. So um, I'll maybe try and uh, find you guys a, a link. I used to have an old link uh, to be able to watch Sky Sports F1 live. Um, if I find that, I might just drop it in the chat for you guys. If uh, anybody's looking for a stream to watch along with this, I know it's a little bit hard if you don't have it up on uh, another screen and, and you're just listening to me talk to it. But we got uh, Carlos Sainz currently eighth, coming out of the final corner to cross the line. Two seconds off the gap there of Verstappen, but he is on one of the prototype tires. I'm not exactly sure which one, um, but when you don't see the sidewall markings, the white or the or the red or the or the yellow, it's a it's a prototype tire. So there we go. And here's one of my favorite liveries, the the Alpha Tauri. This is rookie Yuki Sonoda, who's in the car. And one of my favorite liveries. I know there's a ton. Um, so drop uh, drop your thoughts in the chat as well of which livery is your favorite. But this one I just think is a very nice, uh, a classy one. And the driver here for for Alpha Tauri, 1.3 seconds off the gap for Yuki Sonoda in his first run in an F1 car officially in 2021 in this session. But they're expecting big things from him. If uh, you guys haven't seen the Alpha Tauri teammate tail of the tape video, check that out as well. Um, because they, uh, they're really hyping him up here. Red Bull and, and Helmet Marco in particular has kind of looked at Sonoda as their golden boy in a way and, and a driver that they want to push up to the Red Bull senior team very quickly. And, uh, you know, he's really been able to, uh, to really build the hype around himself. And everywhere I looked and researched in my video, the, the hype seems to be real. Um, he's very talented. He impressed a lot in his preseason test uh, last season at Imola in one of the old Toro Rosso cars. So they're expecting a lot from him. But uh, I'm curious if Alpha Tauri will be able to get in with the fight because... As I mentioned in that video, it's kind of going to be interesting to see whether... I think Ferrari has been able to do enough to claw back performance to where they're not going to be six this season. Um, but can Alpha Tauri kind of take that fight to the likes of Alpine and Aston Martin and, and possibly even maybe Ferrari, depending on where they are? So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, they're currently showing a replay right now of Nikita Mazepin going around in the sand. And you can really just see in these slow-mo shots uh, just how sandy it is. And uh, yeah, let me uh, let me take a look there for that uh, Sky Sports F1 feed. I'm going to see if I got it here. I got a bunch of tabs open, so uh, just bear with me for a second. Um, and I'm going to try and find it. I, I feel like they're making it uh, harder and harder to try and <laughs> uh, watch a live F1 without paying for it somehow. But I know people always have, uh, have a way to try and get those links out there. Um, but I'm just going to try and see if I still have it. All right, let's see, let's see. What do you guys think of the Haas uh, livery as well? I know it's uh, it's very Russian because of uh, of Mazepin and, of course, uh, his father, who's uh, the, the big backer and, and financial support behind that team. But I think the car looks pretty good uh, in that regard. But they went with the full thing with the, with the colors and everything for the race suits and uh, currently watching Lance Stroll on board as well, of course, Probably my favorite livery. Um, we're going to get to that uh, a, a little as well. <laughs> Mother Russia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we got another viewer from Trinidad and Tobago. Wow, that's that's really cool. Ha hello to you. And uh, very happy that you can be here. Very happy that all of you are here. And uh, very cool 
um, to hear where everybody is watching from around the world. That that's really awesome and and makes me happy to see uh, people from different parts of the world chiming in. So currently on board with uh, with Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, I think he is on the hard tire here. Like I said, lap times aren't too uh, aren't too really important to me. I think in previous seasons when we used to do uh, preseason. We were always kind of uh, trying to look into the lap times a little bit more, but I don't think that it's uh, it's as important this year. And um, I- I'm really just looking at which teams can consistently run smoothly and-, and with no issues. But this car really looks good on this onboard. I mean, I know uh, Aston Martin put one out earlier, um, but uh, seeing it now officially for the first time on board looks really good. Lando Norris, or no, that is not Lando Norris. Hold on a second, just here. Antonio Giovinazzi just went third fastest, five tenths off the pace of Max Verstappen, who is still in first place with an hour and 41 minutes to go in this PM session on day one. Let's see, we got some other viewers chiming in from New York. I don't know if that's New York City or New York State, but hello to you. Steve from Arizona. Hello, Steve. We got one from Indonesia. Hello. Hello to Indonesia. So we got, we're almost covering every continent here in the world, so that's pretty cool. It's good to know. Good to know. Um, okay, I'm going to try and uh, and find this link for you guys here. I have it bookmarked somewhere here. I've got so much F1 stuff bookmarked everywhere, but I think I might have just found it. All right. I think you guys are in luck if anybody is. Okay, so I have two laptops open here. I just got to find a way to send this to my other computer. And then I'll be able to drop it in the chat for you guys. Another viewer, Miguel from Puerto Rico. Hello to you, Miguel. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, All right, so I'm just going to try and send this out here. Also, guys, if you're on Twitter, uh, you can follow us at TBMF1Show and use the hashtag BMF1Stream. Uh, if you want to interact with us there or share the link if you want your friends and, and family to tune in. And if you got any questions or anything like that, you can either drop it here in the chat or drop it in uh, in uh, Twitter and, and use that hashtag, and then we'll try and get to it. Today, it's very much sort of a, a very testing day for, for this live stream as well. It's the first time I'm doing a live stream. Um, so I hope that uh, the audio is good for you guys and, and that the video is good. The stream is uh, looking like it's it's stable, which is nice. Um, so it's very much just kind of a test day, and, and we're just here to kind of enjoy the first session of Formula One. Tomorrow, like I said, if you weren't with us at the top of the hour, uh, tomorrow should be a very good show and a very good live stream. We're going to be going on a little bit earlier at 8 a.m. Eastern, and it's going to be a, me for the first little bit, and then uh, Shaker, if you know from the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast, will be joining me as well. So it'll be uh, a little bit more easier there. We'll have two people for a dynamic and then when the session is over at 11 a.m., uh, Tim Haraney from the TSN Racing Pod here in Canada. If you don't know Tim, he's a former Canadian racing driver. He raced in uh, the Canadian Atlantic, or sorry, not the Canadian Atlantic Series, the Champ Car Atlantic Series, which was sort of um, kind of like a, an IndyCar series, if you don't know, in North America. It was a very great series, so check that out uh, if you don't know about it. Um, so yeah, former racing driver drove in the Daytona 24 hours. He's got a lot of racing experience and is also an F1 analyst for uh, TSN Canada sports leader here in the country. So he's going to join me and us at 11 o'clock for sort of a post up and wrap up show. So uh, that should be a very good show for Saturday. So Lewis Hamilton currently out on track. 
18 laps completed for Lewis. Like I said earlier, if you guys were not here for the AM session or for the beginning of this stream, then uh, Mercedes were running into some gearbox issues that uh, limited their running. Valtteri Bottas only did six laps early in the AM session, but Hamilton currently out on track now. And uh, green sector one, so we'll see uh, if he can kind of bump himself up in the times. Um, what do you guys think of uh, the AMG sort of silver livery on the engine cover? I've seen a lot of teams like Ferrari kind of at the rear of the car on the engine cover went with the sort of burgundy SF1000 special livery. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what you guys think of that and uh, and does it kind of work? In some angles, I like it. And then in other angles, it doesn't look as good. Um, I like that they kept the black livery. It's very nice. But um, so far, I haven't heard or seen any kind of crazy innovations from Mercedes, any moving steering racks or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, they're kind of on the back foot early so far in this session and day one of testing. But, um, you know, we know Mercedes is so good and and so elite. Um, So I don't know uh, if we can really count on that to be like that for very much longer. But as he crosses the line, let's see what his next lap is. 133.1, 133.1, so that does bump him up a little bit in the timing sheets. Slots in just behind Kimi Raikkonen there in ninth place. A second and a half off the gap. He's going to go down for a cooldown lap as well. <laughs> just looking at that comment here. As, as long as Mercs are starting from the rear of the grid, I'll be happy. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, that's for sure. Just read some of those chats. Uh, another, another viewer from London, England. Hello. Hello there. Yeah, I was just reading this comment uh, about Haas and, and how they sell out. And I, I know it's it's tough for them because, um, you know, they, they need that that sponsorship money and they need that cash influx a lot. So I, I don't know if it, it's necessarily selling out. I guess you could look at it that way, but it's just it's kind of the way Formula One is at this point, sort of the situation that Williams was in in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, that's just kind of unfortunately the way it is. It's going to be tough for them, though, because if you guys haven't heard, Haas are effectively, they didn't spend any tokens uh, on, on any of their car, uh, not not the front of the car, not the rear of the car. So they're kind of saving all of that. And um, yeah, they're just kind of going to chalk up this year to a loss and see what they can do and, and hope for 2022, which you know might not be the, the worst way to go considering how desperate they were for funds and how they were in a tricky place last season with the shutdown. So, yeah, I think Haas might be the one at the back of the grid this season and might give the chance that uh, Williams will will go up and, and possibly maybe even challenge Alfa Romeo. Uh, we're going to get to Williams a little bit later because I'm seeing uh, a lot of positives from them as well. So Esteban Ocon currently on track. Sorry, guys, I keep saying I'm going to drop this link. I'm going to do it right now. Esteban Ocon currently out on track for Alpine. Gorgeous looking livery. I had I, I really actually have to probably look at it to see which livery is my favorite because it's pretty close between Alpine and Aston Martin. I know like Aston Martin has a lot of hype behind them and Vettel is my favorite driver and, and obviously supporting Lance Stroll because he's Canadian. So slightly biased uh, that Aston Martin is my my favorite, but the Alpine one just looks really, really good as well. And Ocon just went fourth fastest, seven tenths behind Max Verstappen's best time. Fernando Alonso will be back in the car tomorrow. And then just showing a replay here. Yeah, this is that tricky combination. The turn, I believe it's turn seven, kind of when you're going breaking downhill. I always lock up here when uh, when I'm playing the F1 video game as well. So it's uh, it's one of the toughest corners on this track for sure. All right, so I'm going to pull up my email here so that I can drop this link for you guys. 
Yeah, you really want Haas to do well for for Gene. Yeah, I want Haas to do well for Gunter Steiner as well. That guy, uh, that guy des- deserves some good luck nowadays. It's probably going to be another uh, another pretty stressful year, I think, for for uh, Gunter Steiner. Okay, so I'm going to try and drop this link in here. Okay, and. Okay, guys, so I just, if you're looking for a link to try and stream, um, I have an old one from, it's a live Sky Sports F1 stream. Um, so I think Sky Sports F1, that should work, hopefully. I just kind of quickly opened it and it looked like it was working. Um, so yeah, if you guys are, are looking for somewhere to watch, um, but obviously you can't pay for F1 TV or you don't have it available in your local area, um, you might be able to access it through that link. And I just closed the, the chat accidentally. So let me just open this up again. Pop out. There we go. Okay. All right. Now we're back in business here. Give me the Bob Dylan of F1. That guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah. More so, he's going to turn into the the Mick Jagger of F1. That guy, isn't he like a thousand years old and still t- touring and all over the world, still making music? But yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Kimmy still still driving. I honestly thought he was going to retire uh, at the end of last season, but I'm a little surprised that he kept going. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm extremely happy that he's back in the sport, and I still think that he can be competitive. And, and he was competitive the last two seasons. Um, you know, he outbested uh, his his teammate Antonio Giovinazzi. So. Yeah, very happy that Kimmy is back in the sport. So Max Verstappen there just going a little bit wide. Man, Honda, or not Honda, excuse me, uh, Red Bull was really hiding that RB16. Couldn't find any pictures of it other than the official renders that they put out. And man, it, it's uh, it's interesting to see some of the innovations on that car, but they were very, very tight-lipped. And I was reading something yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw this, that they said that Essentially, you know, teams can copy certain aspects of, of the car from two days. You know, it only takes them two days. So that's why teams are so tight-lipped. That's why Mercedes was kind of hiding their W12 as well during the livery launch. And yeah, they said apparently that it only takes two days and they can essentially just copy uh, uh, some aspect of the car. So that's why the teams are very, very secretive this year of uh, of the footage and the pictures that they're putting out. So yeah, we weren't really able to see the RB16B until uh, it, it came out today, officially on track for the first time. So we got Lando Norris there, second place, just crossed the line to finish another lap, 132.4. Yeah, Giovinazzi in P3, it is not that bad. Um, definitely, definitely some good run. I, you know, obviously I wouldn't uh, read too much into the lap times. Um, you know, today is just more uh, systems checks and everything, making sure is working. But I think once we get to day two, I think more teams will be doing uh, more quali sims. And then day three as well, I think uh, if any team is sandbagging, they'll probably take the sandbags off and, and eventually try and and really kind of show some of their speed that they got. Obviously, the great advantage of testing here in Bahrain is that the first race of the season is going to be coming here in a couple of weeks' time. So it gives you good data, and, and the conditions are much different 
than to what we're used to in Barcelona. Much hotter, obviously much sandier as well, which is a bit tricky uh, in, in today. And you can see it there. Um, if you're just noticing Lando Norris driving by, just kicking up a ton of sand, even on the racing line too. It's not even just off the racing line. So uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty tricky. Got actually a question here. Would you rather Kimi stay at Alfa Romeo or Callum Eilat replaces him? That's a good question. And it poses a, another interesting question too of, you know, should these teams be putting more into the younger drivers instead of the older ones? Because Kimi now, I believe, is 40 or is going to be 41. Um, now, obviously, you know, my opinion on that is if Raikkonen is motivated and if he's still bringing the performance, I think that he's more valuable in that team because he can use his world championship experience to help the team develop. I mean, he worked with Ferrari for many, many years, won the world championship with them. So that experience and that knowledge that he can bring to Alfa Romeo is just completely invaluable. And that's something that a Callum Eilat can't bring currently at the moment. Now, I think that Eilat is a, a very young, promising talent. I, I wish that they would have put him into the Haas with Mick Schumacher, or, or like you said, maybe if Kimi would have retired, I think he should have gotten the seat that Alfa Romeo... But I think that if Raikkonen is still motivated and bringing the performance, I think that for now he's uh, he's the right man for the job. But it definitely brings up an interesting conversation because we've seen the past couple of years, obviously, teams going for more youth uh, over anything. And um, But again, I think Raikkonen in that Alfa Romeo partnership, and, and really the team is Sauber, of course, from, from his early days with the team, it's worked for him very well, and obviously it fits his kind of lifestyle of, of just being quiet. He doesn't have to do very much media obligations. But uh, it's been kind of tough for Alfa Romeo since sort of 2018 when they kind of hooked up with Alfa Romeo um, and, and moved on from Sauber. So they haven't necessarily brought that performance yet, but they got the new nose on the car, slight adjustments to the front wing as well. So yeah, let's wait and see what they can do. But uh, I think that definitely uh, Kimi in the car, I mean, he's still a world champion at this day. And for example, if you remember back to last season at the Portuguese Grand Prix, his opening lap was just absolutely phenomenal. So I mean, absolutely, you want a guy like that uh, driving your car still. So, yeah, I think uh, having him there is uh, is good. All right, so coming down, hour 28, still left in the session. Go for three cars per team. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Well, we definitely need more teams. I know uh, one of my uh, co-hosts of the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast, Tyler McDonald, I'm sure uh, you are all familiar with him. Um, he's always pretty much almost every other podcast always talking about the need for more teams more teams 10 is just not enough and obviously the last couple of seasons we've seen so many drivers out of seats because of that not enough teams you know drivers have to sit on the sidelines but more teams you could have three cars per team obviously uh you know another comment just uh, talking about that about the spending cap as well um they can afford their cars and, and you mentioned ferrari as well for example, because of the spending cap, they're trying to sort of make up that uh, that revenue gap by looking at other projects. Uh, Ferrari recently just announced they'll be back at Le Mans in the hypercar series, I believe, in 2023. And they've also kind of hinted at possibly entering into IndyCar. But yeah, with um, with that cost cap coming into play, maybe it's another way that uh, if they were to run another car, then, then they could do it that way. But three-team car would be uh, very interesting. Anna says, George Russell is my favorite for this season. Uh, yeah, I think Russell's going to have uh, a really, really good year this year. I think, well, let's get on to Williams. I, I said we were going to talk about them a little bit earlier, but let's talk about them now. Um, I think Williams is going to be very, very surprising this year, but in a positive way. 
Um, you know, luckily I was able to join the Williams virtual press conference last week. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that video, it's on the homepage of our channel. It's one of the brand new videos we uploaded recently where I was able to ask Nicholas Latifi a question. I was, I probably could have asked George Russell a question too, but I didn't want to kind of, uh, you know, hold up the line or anything. Um, but just kind of, uh, the vibe that I got from that, uh, press conference from Simon Roberts, the team principal and, and Yoss Capito as well. Very, very positive things coming from Williams. And you've seen the last couple of days, a lot of new sponsors, new funding coming into the team. And they've also got essentially what is a, a race upgrade package that they're trialing here on the first day of testing and during this weekend. But they're not necessarily just going to set the car aside and focus on 2022. They got a couple of upgrades in the pipeline, but they said that they've learned a, a lot of good things so far and that they, they're seeing a lot of positive things. And when you look at the fact that it was just only a couple of years ago that they didn't even make it out on track for the first day of testing, the fact that they're already bringing an upgrade package here for this day of testing is is quite impressive. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to to what Williams can do. Oh, I'm sorry, I just thought my screen that froze there for a second. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited uh, about Williams, and I don't think that they're going to finish last this year. I think unfortunately it'll be Haas, but um, yeah, I think that uh, Williams are going to be much much better. Much, much better for this year, which is good because we need them back uh, at, at the far front of the grid fighting there. Yeah, Tony says, I need to know what's up with the airbox on the Alpine. Actually, yeah, it was, uh, I was just watching before I went on the air, Tim Haraney on Twitter, who will be on the show tomorrow. He posted a picture of it and it was absolutely massive. It was like one of those retro F1 cars with the massive airboxes. So yeah, I don't know. Alpine's kind of one of those teams that didn't have too, too many sort of upgrades or anything like that uh, on the car. But uh, yeah, that airbox is absolutely massive. Just looking at that picture. I'm going to see if I can find it on uh, Twim's, uh, Tim's Twitter. Just give me a second here. time. Just going to try and change uh, scenes here, guys, for a second, but I just want to make sure that the session timer is still accurate. Yeah, just bear with me here. This is, uh, like I said, this is my winter testing here, just trying to to get everything sorted out, but hopefully it's all uh, all still working. Let's put Russell back in the Merc. He'll be a world champion. Yeah, he definitely could be. I mean, he was uh, up to speed pretty, pretty damn quick, I'd say, uh, last year. All right, there we go. So we got the Twitter feed up. Uh, I'll get my camera back just in a second. I'm just trying to see, I'm going to try and find that, uh, picture from Tim about the Alpine airbox Cause it was absolutely massive. You guys should go follow Tim as well. He provides. Yeah, <laughs> here's, here's the one I was talking about. So here's the picture of, of the size of Alpine's airbox. there. I hope that you guys can see that. Um, it, it's pretty, pretty damn massive. Uh, let's see if I can open this, maybe give you guys a bigger picture. Yeah, it's much, much larger than when you look at the other teams as well. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty massive. And I think somebody posted, uh, kind of what the, the older cars used to look like with the, those massive air boxes. It's so crazy looking at past F1 cars, just how crazy it is that, uh, the, the evolution of cars over the years has been has been quite funny. But yeah, there's that one over there. Let's just take a browse through Twitter. Let's see if there's anything of note. 
happening there. Max Verstappen just went over 100 laps completed. Verstappen just 0.1 seconds off his previous best latest lap. This is coming from Chris Medland. Conditions still okay on the racing line. Hamilton jumps up to P9, 1.5 seconds off the pace. I was actually trying to get uh, Chris on the show, um, but he originally was supposed to go to Bahrain, uh, of course, to do uh, his reporting for the race or the, the Racer Magazine. But uh, then, unfortunately, because they changed all the restrictions, he was not able to go. Um, so he might be uh, chiming in just in the chat every now and again to uh, say hello. But unfortunately, we don't have him on the program this year. But at any rate, we'll follow him along on Twitter, see what kind of uh, updates he's posting as well. For next season, Williams Renault. Yeah, that would be a good good partnership to get back to. Those were those were good days. I mean, Renault is currently only supplying themselves or, or Alpine, I guess, now that they're known. But uh they said that possibly they they're looking at maybe Williams getting a, a Renault deal in 2022, but they also signed a contract with Mercedes for five years. So I don't know if that's gonna be if that's gonna happen. Um it could just be rumors at this point. Uh you never know. But, um, yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, but we'll see. I'm just looking at the, an earlier comment there from Minecraft. Is it cold now in Canada? Actually, currently at the moment, it's very, very nice. The last uh, three, four days, it's been about 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, very, very nice uh, for this time of year. Um, typically in the winter in Canada here, I mean... March is sometimes honestly one of the worst months because you get a ton of snow and you get really, really, really cold temperatures, but so far so good. And I think that, uh, I'm fingers crossed that, uh, we're, we're done with winter, but <laughs> to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if I come in tomorrow morning for the stream and there's a foot of snow. It's just the way things are around here, unfortunately. So, um, but it, it's spring like so far, which is nice. All right. Just going to, yeah, there we go. Got the video back there. Lee says, does anyone think Aston Martin will be will fight for podiums during the season and potentially a win here and there? Um, yeah, let, let Lee know what you think of, of that question. I certainly think that they're going to be in the fight for podiums. And I think that uh, a potential win, I think, could happen for sure. When you look at last year, I think that Racing Point underperformed. And when you look at the, the comments from Lawrence Stroll, from their technical director, Andrew Green, they even said themselves that they, they did not perform to their expectations last season. Obviously had the 15 points deducted because of the break ducks issues. But I think that they could have had way more podiums than they did. Um, and they really kind of only collected them at the end of the season. So I think that absolutely, if they can get off the front foot this year, they, they could potentially grab a couple podiums and possibly a win. Now, if Ferrari are a little bit better than they were last year and they can kind of get themselves back to at least P3, it might be a little bit harder for Aston Martin. But I think that I still think they can probably grab a podium here or there too. And if the racing is sort of anything like it was in 2020, we're, we're sure to get some crazy ones. Um, so I think it definitely could happen. Yeah. Also from Canada and can confirm the nice weather. Absolutely. Where are you watching uh, from in Canada? If uh, if you don't mind me asking, which city, which province? Where are you, where are you watching from? 
Let's see. You're going to take a look here just a second on uh, F1's website, see if I can uh, get any team radio or anything like that. I know they got the uh, sort of the live session on the Formula1.com website. I know during uh, Grand Prix weekends, they usually put some uh, radio in uh, into the live commentary, but I don't know if they're doing that for, for testing. Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, nice. I know Hamilton very well. I was actually born in Burlington, Ontario, which is pretty much right next there to uh, Hamilton. So I do know that area fairly well. So hello to Hamilton. You guys always there in the in the greater Toronto area, sort of in that area, always get better weather, I find, though. I used to live uh, in Niagara Falls for many years in that area. And yeah, we never got as bad winters as we do here in, in Ottawa. So it must be nice. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like there's any team radio or anything like that. I could play you guys. Yeah, it just sucks that I can't show the actual, you know, footage of the on-track running, um, but I don't have $34 million or whatever the TV contract price is to uh, to pay to show you guys a stream. So I'm, I'm hoping that even now with what we're showing with the timing, we don't get uh, ding for a copyright or anything like that. YouTube's getting pretty crazy nowadays. Uh, so on-track, a little on-track overtakes almost going on here between Verstappen and Mazepin. But Mazepin, I think, was on a slow lap, gets out of the way. And Verstappen is on his way on the harder tire. He is currently P1, 130. Yeah, sorry, 131.4. Currently, by the looks of it, 107 people watching along. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining along. Um, wherever you're watching, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon, wherever you are, very much appreciate everybody joining along for this session. We got uh, a pretty busy day, a lot of stuff to catch up on, and I don't know if you guys could see this from Haas, just, uh, I don't know, what what is that on the pavement, or but it just kind of gives you a good opinion, or a good uh, perspective of just how much sand there is uh, blowing out onto the track. It seems like there's a lot more sand on the Sector 1 in the front straight of the track than there is sort of here at the back end, if you're watching now, Max Verstappen making his way around Sector 3, but there's a ton of sand there on the on the on the front straight. Oh, let's let's see if I can play this for you guys here. Get you a little sound of the W twelve. I still think Mercedes probably has the best po sounding power unit. But honestly, you know what? Maybe I'm going to change my opinion. I'm going to say Honda has the best sounding power unit. In the last couple of years, that Honda PU just sounds absolutely amazing. And I really, really like like the sound of that. But Mercedes has always had a really, really great sounding power unit in the turbo hybrid era, thankfully, because it's been uh, short of sound, <laughs> I think, for, for this uh, turbo hybrid era. Uh, Antonio asks, uh, has Alonso did any driving? No, he hasn't. Uh, he will be in the car tomorrow. Esteban Ocon has done most of it. He actually just goes second fastest with a 131.6, two-tenths off of Max Verstappen's time of a 131.4. So very good lap there for Esteban Ocon. He is on the red sidewall. I'm going to call it super soft. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the good old days when we used to call it the super soft, soft and the hard. Um, I, I think I'll have to just check which allocation of tires that they brought. Um, but it is the softer compound of tires. So he's maybe going for a little bit more of a performance run. 
maybe taking some of the fuel out as well. And uh, yeah, you see the sparks flying there as uh, as the rear end of the car gets compressed. And the downforce too, not too many high downforce, high speed uh, corners on this track with the exception of sector three and probably sort of the back end of sector two. So maybe this track won't be the best representation of the new aero rules. I think we'll see that very quickly in the season though, once we go to Imola and Portugal, if it's Portugal especially, we should be able to see it. Um, but this is a good track for teams like Mercedes and Ferrari to really test out their new power units and especially for Ferrari to see if they've made back um, some of the, the power that they had as well. Another question from Lee asks, is there any tracks canceled for this season? So, so far off the top of my head, what I know is canceled is uh, the Chinese Grand Prix uh, in Shanghai. Uh, the Vietnamese Grand Prix at Hanoi has been canceled. It's off the calendar. And I believe that's it at the moment. I think everything else is at the moment, obviously, to be confirmed um, in terms of whether anything will get canceled or anything like that. But I think those are the tracks that have been officially off the calendar and canceled for 2021. So currently riding on board with Antonio Giovinazzi. If you're trying to maybe uh, sync up the time with where you're watching, um, my timer's at one, an hour and 13 and 29 seconds, 28 seconds, 27, 26. So hopefully uh, we're not too far off. There's not like a minute or two delay, but it's it's never going to be perfect in lineup because uh, from everywhere uh, we're watching around the world. Antonio also says, I think McLaren, Aston Martin, and Alpide will be fighting for third. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And you could probably throw in Ferrari there as well um, if they've uh, seemed to figure out their power unit issues and and their problems aerodynamically as well, which they seem to have at least made an effort to make improvements with, with the improvements at the rear of the car and the slight improvements at the front as well. Um, but boy, that Alfa Romeo looks great too. A, a lot of great liveries this year. I was very surprised to see so many teams actually make significant livery changes, um, considering it's sort of a carryover year for 2021. But uh, I think that it's a very, very nice livery, very classy, and they kind of just flipped it um, from what it was in the previous season. So very, very nice from Alfa Romeo. Raiden says, I've just got on. Uh, is Vettel doing good? He did okay um, in the morning session. So currently Lance Stroll is in the car for Aston Martin. I'm going to just try and see if I can find... Uh, I had it open here, the morning report of where he finished. So Sebastian Vettel was uh, seventh place overall in the morning, completing 51 laps. He had a best lap time of a 133.7, which was a second and a half off the pace. So it was a decent morning. I'm going to try and see if I can pull up some quotes here. Um, I'll go to, there's a lot of great uh, Twitter accounts and uh, for sort of each driver. I know Fettel doesn't have social media, so he kind of had to follow his uh, fan accounts in order to get some, um, get some different thoughts and everything. And I think uh, Vettel officially is going to be going with uh, the pink helmet because he signed on as a brand ambassador with BWT, the water company, which obviously sponsored Racing Point slash Force India for the last couple of years, which is why we got the pink cars. So I think that... Uh, He's going with that. So I'll just read some comments for you from Seb. Um, he says, quote, was good fun to be back in the car. To be honest, it's fun to work with the team, fun to be in the car, fun to slide around. I enjoyed it. And there's more to come in the next days. Uh, I just want to see if I can find any comments from him. Oh, here we go. 
So he said, quote, in terms of performance, everybody knows the strength of the Mercedes engine. So on that front, I don't think we have any excuse. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, it's actually the first time that he'll be driving a, uh, or first time that he is driving a Mercedes powered car, which is uh, very interesting after many years of Renault and Ferrari power. And then I'll just read this last one too. He says, quote, it was quite a tricky morning because it's very windy and the grip was quite low. I think everybody was facing the same track conditions, but still it was very good for me to get a proper read about the car, getting used to all the new elements. So yeah, that's about, excuse me, that's about it for uh, Sebastian Vettel and that update as well. So, you know, his time doesn't obviously pop off the charts as something ex exceptionally quick, but it is his first official time in the car. Um, and Aston Martin are, are doing a lot of just um, sort of what the other teams are doing, which is just making sure everything's working up to par. The, the upgrades that they have on the car for this season, of course, the new Mercedes rear suspension, uh, the gearbox, and of course, the upgraded Mercedes power unit as well. So uh, overall, I think a solid session. And to be honest with you, I think this year in testing, if you don't sort of have a headline session in terms of, um, you know, problems or anything like that, I think that you're in an, in an advantage. I think the, the la la least amount of problems that you can have in these three days, the better, and the more lap times and consistency you've got uh, is what you're really looking out for this season. So we'll see in day two tomorrow when uh, hopefully you guys will join us on the stream again. And, and day three as well, I think we'll see some more uh, performance uh, runs from these teams. And then we can kind of maybe dive into lap times a little bit more. So currently on track, it's uh, Nikita Mazepin, the number nine, that Haas machine. And they're just doing a comparison here between uh, him and Schumacher's lap times of uh, of this morning. Of course, Mick was in the car in the AM and uh, Mazepin finishing out the day here in the PM. And just a question here as well from Antonio. Uh, what do you think about Schumacher? I'm going to get to the other questions as well. I know there's a lot here. Thank you very much for for all the, all the chats. This is great. Um, and it also helps me keep going uh, just being on here solo. So definitely keep them coming. Um, I, I think Mick Schumacher is, uh, first of all, an, an exceptional young man. Um, I think just everything from what I've seen from him so far in terms of uh, his interviews and everything like that, I, I think I'm just very impressed by how mature he is. Um, he's very young and just seems very well put together. You know, obviously, he's got a very famous name and a very famous father, and sometimes that can get to you, but it doesn't seem like it has to him. He seems like he's very humble and just a very, very nice kid, um, which is always great. And in terms of driving, we've really seen Mick do very well sort of in the second and third seasons of his junior career. If you guys kind of even go way back into his F3 days, um, he had a very strong later end to his season and then an f2 as well his first season kind of showed some promise and some potential but was still rough around the edges and then coming into his second season last year in 2020 really refined his driving and then obviously took the f2 championship so i think that this year is first season of f1 you're probably going to see him struggle maybe a little bit more um, if he continues sort of on that path it's going to be tough as well like i mentioned earlier with Haas sort of being in that position where they're not going to develop the car, they're not going to have a great car. So we might not be able to see all of Mick's potential yet. Um, so that's going to be in the years to come, but I think he's got excellent, excellent potential and we really shouldn't measure him up to his father, Michael. Of course, I think that's unrealistic, um, you know, for, for, to be talking about world championships at this point, as uh, Nikita Mazepin just runs wide as he locks up uh, both tires actually going into turn one. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to to Mick Schumacher and um, yeah, it, 
being somebody as as grew up in the Schumacher era and was my favorite driver growing up and, and seeing him in the red Ferrari uh, to see you know his son driving now on the F1 grid is uh, is very special and, and it's pretty crazy actually just to, to think about it um, just how time has flown as well and, and we've got another Schumacher on the grid and it's funny because M- Michael Schumacher was my favorite in the red Ferrari in those days. But I, I me, me, my sister and I also really loved Ralph Schumacher uh, back in the Williams days. And then when he went on to Toyota as well. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty exceptional racing family. The Schumachers are so, uh, and, and of course, Ralph has got his son as well in racing too. So who knows, maybe he'll be in formula one and we'll have uh, two Schumachers in there as well. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, also makes you feel old. Yeah. I'm not that old yet, but it does make me feel old as well. Um, and you look at like somebody like Kimi Raikkonen, for example, who you know raced against his father intensely for world championships, and is now you know back and racing against his son. And I think uh, Raikkonen even raced against uh, Jos Verstappen as well, uh, Max, Verst- Max Verstappen's father. I'm pretty sure Jos was still on the grid when Kimi made his debut in 2001. So yeah makes Kimmy feel old. I'm pretty sure he does. So, um, but very much looking forward to it. And, you know, I, I don't kind of want to maybe put this out there, but maybe I'll, I'll tease it right now. Um, I found out actually during the preseason that the, uh, head of communications or one of the communications guys at, uh, at Haas is actually Canadian. His name is Stuart and, uh, is actually a fellow Canadian. I don't know where he's from exactly, but, uh, I was trying to get, uh, the Haas media login to able to access some assets uh, as a media member. And he replied back, very nice gentleman. He said, oh, you know, happy to help out a fellow Canadian, which is always great to see in the F1 paddock and the grid. And then uh, I followed up with the email just to ask him to say, or ask him, you know, what the media availability for Mick Schumacher was uh, to see if we could possibly get him on our podcast or, or talk to him remotely. And unfortunately, he wasn't available in the preseason, but he did tell me to connect with him again for the Canadian Grand Prix, which is scheduled to happen in June. So very, very much fingers crossed and hoping that uh, hopefully by the time the Canadian Grand Prix rolls around and we reach out to uh, Stuart at Haas again, that he might be able to help us get uh, a couple of minutes with Mick Schumacher remotely which would be a, a tremendous honor and i think would be uh, an amazing opportunity that would be that would be great uh for you guys to listen to as well and obviously a great opportunity for us to be able to to talk to him as well so fingers crossed that happens but uh we'll keep trying to to get these guests on for for the podcast and, and for the show as well um so we'll do that uh, coming up on an hour left as well. <laughs> That's a great comment. It's a cycle. Mick will be racing against Robin Raikkonen. Yeah, he probably would be. Although I think Robin might go into, uh, you know, bike racing or, or rallying or something like that, just like his father. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, that that DNA just trickles down into that generation as well. And I'm, I'm sure both of them will be very, very fast. Uh, thoughts on Alonzo? Uh, Ava says, I uh, hopefully uh, Ava pronouncing that right. Thoughts on Alonso for this year? You know, I think that that's been a story that's been flowing, flown quite under the radar in the preseason and also kind of in the lead up to this season. We had so much stuff going on in 2020, so I'm not really surprised. But I'm very excited for Fernando Alonso, and I've never, I haven't seen him this motivated and sort of this energetic for Formula One in a very long time. I think that when he was with McLaren and those last couple of seasons, it took a lot out of him. And I know that. He's a very strong character. He's a very strong personality. I, a lot of people are going to have their opinions on what happened with him and McLaren and Honda. I think it just took a lot of energy out of him. But 
a couple of years away, even though he was still racing, it just rejuvenated him. It recharged his batteries, and he looks completely ready to go. I think if you guys watched the the teammate tail the tape video uh, of Alpine, I, I posted a couple of quotes there of him that he was pushing the team that on January first, two thousand twenty one, he wants the team in the factory already working on the 2022 car. He's in the factory as well on that day. He's pushing the team together and he's really working with them to try and build a championship winning car for 2022. I think expectations are sort of trying to fight for third in 2020, um, trying to do what they did last season and get a couple of podiums. But I think Alonso's really got his sights set on the future in terms of the 2022 car and the regulation changes. Not that he's going to kind of look past this season. I think he's going to try and maximize the the A521 uh, this season. But I still think that uh, he's back for, for that 2022 rule change. And I think that... Uh, Watch out for him this year. That 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 midfield battle, guys, is going to be absolutely exceptional. Ricardo in the McLaren, uh, Fettel in the Aston Martin, Stroll, we could throw it in there, Lando Norris, the Alpine boys. Ferrari might even be in the mix as well if they're not as competitive as, as in you know, 2019, 2018. So it's going to be great. Um, I'm very, very much looking forward to that this year. And I think that uh, if we don't get a close championship, which I hope we do, um, but I don't think that we will. Uh, that will be sort of the the area of focus, which which we'll be really looking forward to. So it should be fun. All right, let me get to some of these other questions here. Do you think that Fettel will be competitive? I do think that he will be competitive. I think that this season he'll be much, much more competitive than he was in 2020. When you really look at it, he can't get much worse than 2020. And I'm not really sure what happened there. I, I'm not one of those people who thinks that he's lost it or he's never had it. You know, I, I know I see those things going around. Um, yeah, sure, I'm a little biased because he is my favorite driver. But I also think that that Ferrari envir- environment just took a lot out of him. I think there was a ton of pressure on his shoulders. And, and we still don't really know what happened behind the scenes in terms of his contract renewal and just the whole Ferrari dynamic in the environment. But we know it's not the healthiest place to work. And I think it just took a lot out of him. He wasn't happy with the rear of the car. And at the end of the day, we also have to just admit that he just did not adapt to the car as well as his teammate Charles Leclerc did. And whether that's because uh, Fettel just has a very particular driving style that he needs a car that's very stable at the rear end in order for him to maximize it, or whether that's just you know him being sort of older and not able to sort of adjust as easily as the younger drivers, we don't know. The fact is Charles Leclerc was much better um, in, in that last year than Sebastian Vettel was. But I think that this is a new opportunity for him. I think the Aston Martin team is very great for him. The way he works, I think he works much better with uh, an English team, as evident by obviously his Red Bull days. And I think that just the whole team environment, Racing Point slash Force India, which is now Aston Martin, they've done so much with so little. And now that they have this rebrand and now that they have this more money and consortium from Lawrence Stroll, and they're kind of pushing themselves to be now a bigger team in one of the big three or big four teams, and you bring in a world champion like Fettel, I think that he'll do he'll do very well. And um, maybe right not off the right not off the bat of the season, but I think that throughout the year we'll see him much much better than 2021, or sorry 2020. So I'm I'm really looking forward to him. But I think he'll be back, and uh, don't be surprised if he'll, he's competing for for podiums and race wins again and and sooner rather than later. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to to what he can do this year for sure. 
And Rob, Rob Graham asks, which teammates would you say are most likely to clash this season? Thanks for the question, Rob. Um, I touched on this a little bit earlier in the stream when I was uh, we were looking at Ferrari on track. Uh, currently on track at the moment, just uh, under an hour to go in this first session. Lance Stroll is out. We'll get to the track action and give you guys an update in a minute. I think that uh, Ferrari, I think Ferrari, those teammates will probably be one of the more explosive ones, I think, in 2021. And the reason why I said this uh, earlier as well is because I think that Science and Leclerc are two ultra-competitive drivers. I mean, all of these drivers are ultra-competitive, but I think that Ferrari are kind of hoping that Science will come in and be a number two. They've openly said to the public that, oh, you know, we're not going to have a number one driver. We're not going to really do any of that. But I think it's pretty clear the fact that they've locked in Charles Leclerc for five years, which is very long in Formula One terms in terms of a contract, and the fact that they said, you know, to a four-time world champion, hey, we don't need your services anymore. They clearly want Leclerc as the golden boy at Ferrari and the next world champion. So I don't think that science is just going to lie down to take that easily. I think that he's going to really come in and try and shake things up at Ferrari and, you know, stake his claim as the number one and try and really be uh, a race winner and a world champion there. I mean, at the end of the day, Ferrari did have a very tough season last year but they're still the most successful team in Formula One history and all of that uh, resources behind them as uh, I'm just watching Nikita Mazepin. A couple of lockups now we've seen. I think this is going into turn seven uh, this time, but uh, a lot of lockups there from Mazepin. So I think that will be a, a very spicy and fiery uh, teammate partnership. I also think, um, you know, we look at McLaren and Norris and, and Ricardo. I don't think that they're going to have too many sort of on-track incidents. I think in terms of like on-track comings together, that's probably going to be at Ferrari the most, I would say. But I think that Norris and Ricardo are going to be ex extremely competitive. So that will be interesting. And who knows, maybe even what we're seeing right now, Red Bull on screen, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. We've seen Sergio Perez mix it up in the past with teammates. He's not afraid to go against them. And, uh, you know, he's got a sort of a career rejuvenation now with this opportunity at Red Bull. <laughs> we know Max Verstappen's not going to give an inch as well. Um, so that could be as well. But I think I'd probably put my uh, money down on Ferrari as uh, potentially the most uh, sort of spicy teammate relationship, I think. Um, so that will be good. No, this one from Antonio, just to follow up uh, to that Fettel question. After switching to Aston Martin, he looks a lot, I, th I think you mean younger, or is it just me? Um, I, well, I saw that picture of his uh, his uh, receding hairline, so I don't know if I'd say younger, uh, but I would probably say rested, uh, re you know, rejuvenated, and just sort of uh, somewhat of a pressure kind of lifted off of his shoulder, I think. That's just kind of what I look like from him. You know, he's kind of got his groove back. Um, and, and he's just kind of got more pep in his step. He's sort of walking with a little bit more swagger this year around. And I just think that getting out of that Ferrari environment was, was the best thing for him. So, uh, that was great. And, uh, I'm just going to tune in guys to the track action right now. Max Verstappen just set the fastest first sector 24 seven in the first sector. So he is on a push lap here on the medium compound tire, the yellow sidewall tire. Um, I apologize if I'm not referring it to as C1, C2, C3. I just always found soft, super soft and medium, the, the easiest way to refer to things. So yeah, that Red Bull sparking up very much. So five tenths quicker so far as he goes through sector two, a very, very good lap. This one is for Max Verstappen most likely will improve on his time and stay in first position. Oh, and we got Carlos Sainz going wide there. Not sure exactly what happened. I'm sure we'll get a replay. Looks like Sainz went wide in sector two, so won't affect Verstappen's lap. Max crosses the line seven tenths quicker 
a 136.74 for Max Verstappen, topping the timing charts as we got 55 minutes left in day one, session two of 2021 preseason testing. You're watching the Backmarkers F1 show live stream watch along. We got a replay of Carlos Sainz. Ooh, I think that was turn eight. Yeah, see, that's a tricky corner too. Every time I, I drive it in, in F1 2020, you kind of want to get on, on the power early, but you know that rear end kind of stepped out on him as well. Um, so Carlos Sainz, not exactly happy yet with his new uh, SF21. He's currently down in eighth place. We got Lewis Hamilton on the track. A lot more action as we got going here. We kind of had a little bit of a lull. So uh, we got more cars out on track now. Lewis Hamilton out in the Mercedes W12. He is on the white sidewall. I'm going to see if I can find uh, the tire nominations here. But uh, here we got... Uh, here's the Williams coming out of the garage. Let's see if we can get some audio for you guys on this. What do you guys think of the Williams livery? It's uh, I've seen split opinions. I've seen people that are saying uh, they love it. It's one of their favorites. Um, and then I've seen people say it looks like a F1 2020 mod, you know, one of those uh, self-created ones that, uh, that you do there. So uh, I kind of said, I think I tweeted on the day of their launch that in some angles, it looks really good. And then other angles from the front, it looks a very kind of weird and awkward. Um, but it's definitely new. I'm not sure if they're going to be adding any more sponsor decals, decals or anything like that with the new sponsors they added. Um, let's take a look here at the Haas VF21 out on track. So Haas also has that upgraded Ferrari power unit in the back of their car there as well. And, I mean, guys, this is a great video here. Oh, let's not go full screen there. You can really see the dust kicking up. Yeah, there's just a ton of dust. Very, very, a lot, a lot of dust and sand on the start-finish straight here. And we got, they're, they're pretty much racing now. <laughs> they're on, uh, on the main straight. So we got Lewis Hamilton currently out on track. Yeah, that was what I was... I forgot there for a second what I was going to look up, but I wanted to see what the uh, exact tire specs were. So let's see. So they got the C1 white, which is the no-bracket sidewall. They've got the C2 white, which is the white sidewall. So Hamilton right now, currently out on track, is looking at the C2 tire. Uh, Max Verstappen said his quickest time just earlier on the C3 yellow tire. You also have the C3 prototype, which is the no marking sidewall tire, and then the C4 red and the C5 red prototype with no sidewall markings. So that is, uh, I'll try and maybe refer to them as the C C1s, but I'll probably just end up going um, with the soft and, and medium compounds again. So Hamilton currently out. Definitely not going for a performance run here. I think Mercedes are really just trying to wrap up this day and and, and learn as much as they can about their gearbox issue. If you guys can see this uh, tweet here saying, Bahrain test gearbox issue came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, maybe some of those early preseason remarks about uh, the power unit issues, maybe they were something real there. 
because it seems like they definitely had some issues, obviously. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to follow if they can get that uh, figured out. But currently, I think that they're just trying to salvage whatever they can out of this day. And Hamilton not seems very happy with the car, kind of riding the curbs aggressively. It seems like he's getting a lot of snap oversteer into the corners as well. He sets a 133-1 on that latest lap. He's still down there in eighth place. They're just showing a replay now of Max Verstappen. How many laps have Mercedes done? I will check that in a minute for you, Antonio. I think what I'll do, guys, tomorrow is I might try and... Um, the box that has the live timing, I might try and make it a little bit bigger in terms of its width, and then I'll be able to uh, f fit in the lap count as well. I think that would uh, that would help as well. So let's go through the order here. We'll do an update with everybody. Um, whether you're a fan of Ferrari, Mercedes, or Alpine, doesn't matter, but we'll, we'll get through all the updates. So currently 50 minutes, coming up on 50 minutes left of day one session. We got Max Verstappen in the fastest lap overall of a 136. Verstappen has completed 116 laps of running so far in day one, which is the most out of any driver. Esteban Ocon is in P2 with a 131.6, nine tenths off of Verstappen's best lap. Ocon set his lap on the C4 red soft tire, while Verstappen set his on the C3 yellow tire. Ocon is right behind Verstappen in terms of lap count with 114 laps completed. And then after that, we're seeing uh, a lot less lap counts because drivers are also splitting. So Verstappen and Ocon have got the whole day to themselves versus other teams like McLaren, for example, who are splitting. So we've got Lando Norris in P3, uh, who's completed 33 laps. Antonio Giovinazzi in fourth place with a 131.9, a very strong lap for Alfa Romeo. I know we're not looking into lap times too much, but a good lap nonetheless. He's completed 50 laps. Daniel Ricciardo, who was quickest in the morning session, uh, is fifth place with a 132.2. He completed 45 laps this morning. Then come the Alpha Tauri boys, Pierre Gasly in sixth with a 132.2. 74 laps completed for Pierre, which was the most in the AM session. Right behind him, his rookie teammate, Yuki Sonoda, with a 132.7, and he's got 37 laps completed. He's currently in the car for this PM session. Then we got Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari making his debut for the Scuderia, a 132.8 with 45 laps completed. Lewis Hamilton in ninth for Mercedes, a 132.9. We just saw him complete a lap on the C1 tire. He's got 33 laps done. Leclerc in 10th, who has had a power unit issue this morning, which brought out a red flag. He's in 10th place. A 133.2 was his best lap time with 59 laps completed. And then Kimi Raikkonen with a 133.3, 63 laps completed. 12th place, Sebastian Vettel in his debut for Aston Martin officially with a 133.7 with 51 laps completed. Then we got Roy Nassani for Williams, who is the reserve driver. He's actually got the whole day of testing today. 74 laps completed so far, his best lap time of a 134.7. And then rounding out, we got 14th and 15th, the Haas boys, Nikita Mazepin, a 134.7 with 49 laps completed. Mick Schumacher, only 15 laps completed so far. Um, this morning and he had a best lap time of a 135.1 and then Valtteri Bottas was penultimate there second to last 16th place with a 136.8 uh, and only six laps completed because of a gearbox issue and Lance Stroll currently the last driver in the timing screens he's out on track at the moment a 137.9 with 32 laps completed so that is your rundown of uh, the PM session events so far and of course, the morning as well. 
and uh, we still got a lot of cars here out on track. A lot of running going on out at the moment. Let's see. Is there any team radio or anything we can get you guys? I will get to some of your questions and comments in a moment. I know I got a couple uh, that I'll need to just catch up on. Verstappen's completed double the race distance uh, of the Bahrain Grand Prix today with that uh, last couple of laps there. Yeah, and you can kind of tell it's a very different. Verstappen seems a lot more comfortable in the car than uh, than Hamilton does at the moment, which it's good for Red Bull. I mean, I think a much smoother start to their preseason testing than uh, in the last couple of days, or excuse me, the last couple of seasons. But uh, do not count Mercedes out just yet. I think we've done that too many times in the past, and uh, we've all been burned by it. So uh, I think Mercedes might still have some tricks up their sleeves as we continue on in this preseason test. So unfortunately, they're not doing team radio on the official live commentary on F1.com, which is unfortunate. But let's see if we can get any different type of, let's see, performance. Okay, so they're only doing that for the race. Lap chart, they're only doing that for the race. Currently 31.9 degree track temp out in Bahrain. Let's look at tire history. Here you'll be able to see some of the more uh, more info here on which tires were used. All right, let me get here to some of your questions here. So the, <laughs> I think this was uh, going back to our uh, federal chat. Uh, one comment here says that hairline is a complete violation. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think that it might have been... Um, Fettel was trying to get some sort of a hair transplant or something. I'm not sure because I remember uh, a couple years ago, I don't know if there's uh, any tennis fans out there, but Rafael Nadal, who uh, sort of has a similar problem, he was getting some sort of a hair transplant as well, and he had kind of the same look as Fettel. So I'm not sure if uh, that was uh, the issue, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely weird Weird seeing it. Uh, I just wanted to see uh, highlight this tweet for you guys here. Uh, Fernando Alonso to race with titanium plates and jaw in 2021, but says performance will be unaffected. So yeah, we actually didn't uh, mention that when we were talking about Alonso earlier, but thank God that that cycling accident wasn't more serious, but it's still pretty serious if he's got titanium plates um, in his jaw that he's going to have to race with. So uh, I don't know, maybe that'll get him out of media obligations, but uh, definitely uh, that accident was actually pretty serious, uh, but hopefully he'll be okay and it won't really put any effect on his performance. Oh, and I, <laughs> I wanted to, to point you guys to this. There's an excellent account on Twitter called uh, F1 Portrayed by Top Gear, and they make just hilarious tweets about, um, you know, whatever's going on in the F1 world, but they reference it to different episodes in Top Gear, and they just posted this one, uh, Sandstorm at F1 Testing, and they've got a bunch of really, really great tweets, so check that out. It's uh, hilarious. They, they post just so timely, too, with with some of the, the snippets that they take out of Top Gear, so this is awesome. Uh, they do a really good job on that one. So nothing going on there at the moment. Let's see if we got any updates here from a uh, friend of the show, Chris Medland. If you don't know Chris Medland, he starred in the first season of Netflix F1 Drive to Survive. Uh, one of the best journalists out there. So check him out at Chris Medland F1. Um, you'll be able to follow 
all of his uh, information there. So not much new coming from him trackside. Going to go to uh, Formula One official Twitter. So yeah, they just posted that as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, currently right now in Bahrain, obviously it's a it's an evening session, so we got the floodlights on. And then another interesting part of the testing whole uh, thing here as well is that we're used to having in Barcelona at this time we'd be seeing the sunset and kind of uh, the teams wrapping up. But now, because uh, we're in Bahrain, and obviously it's a, it's a night race usually, they have the floodlights ready. So uh, different conditions, obviously, for every team, but it's much easier because it's representative of what the race will be in a couple of weeks' time. So currently, Lewis Hamilton out on the track. Uh, I don't think that they have anything for... Yeah, I was just looking to see if they had... a. A lap tracker on here but they don't to see which cars are out on track at the moment so let me see if i can get to some of these other question here rl asks anyone else think the saudi arabia gp should be canceled i know this has kind of uh, become a hot topic with everybody with uh, the jetta street circuit being announced oh as uh, lando norris locks up there going into Difficult to tell which turn that was. I think that was turn six going in there as well. Um, not see not that many drivers locking up in that one, usually in the turn seven downhill complex there. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the question about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, very, very controversial topic. And I mean, should it be canceled? Well, I, I think that if we're going to have that conversation about, uh, you know, should we not host races in countries where... Uh, you know, let's say politically or human rights wise, uh, the governments aren't, aren't, aren't the best. And again, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that there on Saudi Arabia. And I certainly think that there's a lot uh, of issues in that country as well in their government. But if we had to apply that logic, I think that Formula One probably wouldn't be racing in very many countries around the world, um, you know, probably including Canada and including the United States as well and, and very many other countries too. So, I mean, should we cancel it? You know, obviously it won't be because it's all about the money. Um, you know, I, I always found it funny that uh, Formula One was going for the sustainable and uh, green movement or, or whatever they're calling it nowadays. And yet they announced the corporate sponsor of Aramco, which is a massive Saudi Arabian oil company. Um, and is, it's a global partner of Formula One now. You'll see all the signage everywhere on the race. So I just, I just kind of, you know, obviously I, I wasn't surprised that it was very hypocritical, but, uh, you know, money makes the world go round nowadays. And, and that's the name of the game in a formula one. And they're not definitely not going to cancel it. Um, I'm sure you might see some protests and things like that. And maybe not even, but I, I'm not a fan of it. Just, just speaking from a, a sport perspective. I, I know if people tune into our show regularly, you'll know, we don't really touch into the politics that much. I think that you guys get enough politics as it is uh, in your everyday lives, everywhere you go, even in sport nowadays. So we try and just avoid it just so that we can give everybody a break and kind of a, a way that you can tune out and, and just enjoy sports. Sports supposed to bring us together and, and of, of all walks of life. So that's what we try and do. Um, but just getting on the sports side of things, I, I just don't see the point of going to Saudi Arabia and building a brand new street circuit, which I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't know if I can maybe pull it up for you guys just to see how uh, ridiculous the track looks because there's like a thousand turns. Um, they haven't even honestly confirmed how many turns that they've got yet. And it just seems very, very, very tight and, and extensive. And yeah, I don't even think they have 
Okay, yeah, so they haven't posted here on their official website, but if you search up some images uh, of the potential uh, circuit, it's it's a ton of corners. So I, I'm not just very happy with going to a brand new street circuit that probably isn't going to be all that exciting in terms of racing. I think if 2020 gave us a lesson in anything, it's that sometimes the older ways are better and going to classic tracks like Mugello and Imola and Portimao and the Nürburgring, for example, I think that's where Formula One should should go back to. And I think that those are, you know, track Formula One specific tracks almost. They're race specific tracks. I think that those racing tracks also give us the best opportunities for racing. And I just think that, that that's where it should go. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, let's wait and see. Let's let's see what happens. Um, but I think that there was a ton of great tracks that we could go to that that are older. Um, you know, just some in the United States, for example, like a Watkins Glen. Um, that that would be an example right there. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, obviously I know why they're doing it because of the money reason, but I would just much rather they go to classic Formula One tracks. So I'm happy that we're back at Portimao. Very happy that we're back at Imola as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that should sort of be the way to go. So hopefully that answers your question there. But yeah, let's uh, hopefully uh, get some other replies as well to see what you think. Um, yeah, not really winter testing at 31 degrees. Hell, that's some great winter testing, though. I'll tell you that. I wish we had 31 degrees right now uh, where we're at. But uh, currently, we got a little bit of a lull uh, going on as we see uh, Alpine and Mercedes box and head back into the garage. Uh, I don't think we have... Uh, okay, we got one car on the track at the moment, which is Lando Norris. So he's got the track to himself. He's currently third with the best time of a 131.8. Yeah, I agree with you there, uh, PSG uh, underscore or dot AU. Uh, can't see if I read that right. But uh, let's hunt out the old ones in uh, reference to the tracks. No need for new designs. I would agree. I think that we've added plenty of decent new tracks. For example, like Baku, which is okay. Um, it's given us some interesting races in the past. But I don't think that, like for example, Hanoi, uh, you know, the Vietnam street circuit. Personally, when I drove it on F1 2020, I didn't like it that much. Uh, I found it a, a very frustrating track uh, to try and get a rhythm in. I think overtaking there is difficult, much like it is in, in sort of every street uh, circuit. I think if you have something like Monaco, which is always the classic, I know the races there aren't exciting, but it, it's a classic. It's something that's important to the history of Formula One. It's a spectacle. Uh, but m you know, more street circuits I don't really want to see. I, I kind of want to see uh, a lot of more track-specific Grand Prix circuits. And I'm just looking now. we got Fernando Alonso on camera. So he's uh, in the garage. He'll be in the car tomorrow. But uh, yeah, let's bring back Mount Panorama. Yeah, that would be a great track. That would be a nice track. There's a lot of great tracks uh, that you could possibly race at. Like, I know F1 wants to break more into the U.S. market. You have Indianapolis, for example, that you go to. Uh, you know, if you want to go to stream, you can go to the Daytona 24 Hours track, for example, if you want. But they've got... Uh, like Laguna Seca, for example, in, in California, which if you guys didn't see, Roman Grosjean was doing some testing there with IndyCar. Uh, he did a great video sort of comparing the differences between F1 and IndyCar, which I thought was really cool. So check that out on his, uh, I believe it was on his YouTube channel or his uh, or his Twitch channel. So yeah, there's a ton of good tracks. Um, maybe comment some more if I'm, um, I'm not remembering some off the top of my head, not just in the US, but around the world as well. Um, so yeah. But let's wait and see. Maybe Saudi Arabia will surprise us with that race, but I kind of doubt it. 
so coming up on just a half an hour left. Man, these uh, this two hours just went by so quickly. Um, tomorrow, again, a reminder, we are live at 8 a.m. Eastern time, so an hour earlier than we were today. Um, that'll give us uh, much more time. I, I really am surprised. Uh, you know, I was kind of wasn't sure how much interaction or, or, or viewership we're going to get on the live stream, but I'm very pleasantly surprised to see a lot of you guys uh, interacting and chatting uh, here on the live stream. So thank you very much. And uh, I'll be announcing a couple things uh, in the next uh, couple minutes. So stay tuned and stick around. Um, that'll be uh, for the fans coming this Sunday, which will be uh, really cool for you guys. But I just want to get back to, <laughs> I, I want to highlight this comment from uh, Rob Graham here, which will be first, Stroll World Champ or Leafs win Stanley Cup? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a way I can highlight this comment here? This is probably the best comment so far. Um, I will send this to uh, Tyler McDonald, uh, our Backmarkers F1 show co-host. He's a big hockey fan. Uh, he's a big Ottawa Senators fan. Um, and he hates the Leafs, as many Ottawa Senators fans do. Uh, if you're completely not familiar with NHL hockey, uh, if you're outside of uh, North America and you don't follow it that much, you might have no idea what we're talking about. But the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, haven't won a Stanley Cup since, uh, what is it, Rob? I believe it's 1967. And uh, yeah, they've kind of been the, the butt of a lot of jokes uh, around the National Hockey League because they really haven't won anything uh, since then. And they've sort of barely made the playoffs in the last couple of years. They have some really good teams in the past couple of years, but they just haven't been able to put it together to even make a run to the Stanley Cup Finals. So my answer to that question would be Lance Stroll, world champion. And I'll tell you why, because if you look at last season, Lance Stroll had pole position. He had a podium and, you know, he had a podium even in his Williams day. So I'd say much better chances, I think, for uh, for Lance Stroll to become world champion, especially if Aston Martin have a good car under them and are kind of making their way up into the top echelon of Formula One. So, yeah, I think it's a safe bet to say uh, it's going to be Lance Stroll. Yeah, barely remember. I was six. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a long time for, for one team to not win uh, a Stanley Cup or, or any championship for that regard. So, yeah, barely remember. I think a lot of people barely barely remember it. I remember when I used to live uh, more down uh, there in uh, Niagara Falls, um, you know, we were very close, obviously, to the U.S. border in Buffalo. And then, you know, we were closer to Toronto, obviously, in the greater Toronto area. So I only really got to watch the Leaf game. So I was actually a Toronto Maple Leafs fan growing up. Um, but, you know, I spartaned up in the last couple of years and grew out of that. And now I just, you know, kind of just don't really support anybody. I, I kind of don't watch uh, hockey as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, so uh, appreciate that comment. That was a, a good one. Uh, I want to get back to some of the other conversations on the, on circuits as we watch Nikita Mazepin go around the track at the moment. He's uh, currently down in 14th place. A lot of drivers struggling for grip still uh, very, very sandy out there. Um, so we'll keep an eye out. Uh, he's currently the only driver out on track in the moment. So let's get back into the chat. Uh, we got another one uh, from Garrett Murphy saying Watkins Glen. Yeah, I think I mentioned Watkins Glen earlier, but that's another great track. Um, it's one F1 used to race at, uh, I believe, back in the 70s, and uh, a very good track. So that was it. Um, there's another one. They might build a street circuit in Miami. Yeah, this has been going on for, uh, I'd probably say, two years now. I think I remember back in 2018 reporting on some of that news that uh, Miami was trying to build a street circuit. First, I think they wanted to do it by uh, by the beach, and then I think the new proposed is to go around the American Airlines arena, but there's a lot of pushback from uh, the locals there in Miami, the people that live in that area. Uh, you know, they. <laughs> it was funny because I remember reading something that 
one of the uh, residents or, or city council person said that, you know, they don't want something like Formula One, you know, coming with all the, the loudness and the noise of the engines. And I'm like, clearly this person doesn't know the V6 turbo hybrid era, because clearly you don't have to worry about loud engines when Formula One comes to town nowadays. Uh, but there's a lot of, yeah, around Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, yeah, excuse me. It's not uh, American Airlines Arena. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins and uh, home of actually the Miami Open Tennis Tournament that's coming up in a couple of weeks time. So yeah, I think they're going around the hard rock stadium because I think that the owner of the hard rock stadium is involved in the discussions, but they really kind of have stalled in, uh, in their plans of, of trying to do something like that. So I don't know if it's going to happen. It might end up turning out to be like the New York or the New Jersey Grand Prix. If you guys remember back to like 2012 when New Jersey was scheduled to have a race. And I think that something it just didn't come together the finances and i think that was supposed to be another street circuit again and it just never happened so it might be the case again with miami but uh we're not sure again you know from a standpoint of money and uh, from the standpoint of a show obviously a miami race would be a spectacle uh you know miami's a, a party city uh you got a lot of high rollers that live there it's obviously excellent climate as well a very beautiful place uh, in terms of racing, though, I mean, you're not going to really great, get much great racing from that. So I think they're trying to kind of almost make like a Monaco of the U.S., which I don't think is going to turn out very well. Uh, so, yeah, let's wait and see what happens. But I wouldn't hold my breath uh, on Miami. Uh, another one here that was a little bit earlier from Antonio. What do you think about Singapore? Uh, I, I believe you're mentioning or referring to the track and not to the Singapore as a country because I don't know much about it. Uh, other than it's a very clean country from what I've heard. Uh, in terms of the track, the Mar the Marina Bay Circuit, I think it's okay. It's it's very challenging. I, I like that aspect of it that it's a very difficult and challenging physically and mentally, which is nice because we always talk about the G forces and nowadays in Formula One in terms of how much stress it puts on the body and that drivers need to be fit. But in other aspects, Formula One is not as physically difficult as it used to be in the days when you know there was no power steering and uh, when the cars were a little bit more physical to drive. But something like Singapore kind of neutralizes that. And of course, the heat also adds in another element to it, which is, you know, fun for us fans to see kind of uh, which driver can excel physically. Obviously not for the drivers as much, but I think it's an okay circuit. You know, it's good for that sort of uh, Asian market uh, to have a circuit like that. It was the very first uh, night race to in Formula One, which is nice. So so I, I'm okay with Singapore and, I, and I'm, I'm happy with Singapore being on the calendar. F1 cars these days, not loud, like the V8, yeah, V8 and V10. I completely agree with that. And uh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen that video that I did a couple months prior about Alonso's R25 V10 runs uh, at Abu Dhabi, then uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. How about F1 on Toronto Indy track? I think that would uh, that would break a lot of these cars in half. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, and uh, hopefully you tune in tomorrow uh, when Tim Haraney comes on the show because Tim has actually raced the streets of Toronto back in his Champ Car Atlantic days. So he'll talk, uh, and he's talked about that in our podcast previously. Uh, that track in Toronto is absolutely brutal. If you know anything about Canadian roads, um, they're not all that great. In, in certain cities, Toronto, they're pretty brutal. Here in Ottawa, they're they're absolutely atrocious as well. Um, you know, it's just all that winter and, and the salt that they pour everywhere. Um, so so the roads aren't very great. And uh, yeah, that, that track is very brutal. So I don't think that F1 could do that just with the low ride heights that these cars run and all the little intricate parts in the front wing and the floors as well. Um, and it's very, very narrow. It's very tight. 
Um, but it'd be very interesting. <laughs> it would definitely be very interesting to see. I mean, I, you know, before I moved out here to Ottawa, I used to go to that uh, Honda Indy or back when I went, it was called the Molson Indy. I used to go every single year uh, back when it was Champ Car, which was just an amazing racing series, you know, loud Cosworth engines, naturally aspirated. Although I, I want to say those were maybe turbos. Uh, but I do think that they were uh, at one point naturally aspirated and they just sounded brilliant. I, I love going to the races there in Toronto. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think that anything that you do could help uh, the F1 cars, that's for sure. And speaking of Canadians, we got uh, Lance Stroll currently on screen. He was out on the C1 tire there. They're just wheeling him back into the garage. Uh, he's still down there in 17th place. So I'm wondering if Aston Martin are just doing anything... Uh, not doing any performance gains. They're just uh, trying to get in as many laps as possible uh, because they're not really uh, doing anything that sort of lights up the timing sheets that we've seen at the moment. We're coming up to... Where's my timer here? Coming up on uh, 25 minutes. Pretty quiet so far in this last hour of testing. Here you guys can see they just showed uh, Mick Schumacher on screen. Like even Haas's uh, uniforms or, or team kit wears, uh, they went with the the Russian flags as well. So, oh yeah, you saw the this is uh, from Rob. Saw Ray Hall win the first one in 1989. Yeah, that's awesome. Racing was much better in those days, wasn't it, Rob? I mean, you know, I, I just remember even going back to the first one I went to in 2005. Uh, it was just so different than you know the later years. I think after. They went through some management changes as well. Uh, I think Andretti Group or, or somebody took it over uh, when they went over to call it the Honda Indy, and it, the fan experience just wasn't the same. Uh, you know, everything after that just wasn't the same. It wasn't as great as it was in the early days. Yeah, Lando Norris going strong, absolutely. He's actually currently out on track right now. We're riding on board with him, third place at the moment. He set his personal best first sector so far, sparking away as he launches his MCL 35M down into turn seven. DRS open. Currently, we got four cars out on track at the moment. Yeah, the McLaren, uh, the MCL 35M looks pretty hooked up, much like the Red Bull. Uh, looks pretty good here in the second sector. He's one-tenth down, actually, on Max Verstappen. He's going personal best in a sector one and sector two. Let's see if he can uh, put together a really strong sector three here and maybe uh, get himself at the top of the timing sheets. Ooh, a little bit wide there, a little bit of oversteer getting on the power too early out of the final corner. He will cross the line and will go second place, a 130.8, two tenths off of Max Verstappen. Pretty good lap, though, from Lando Norris. That is also on the medium compound tire, uh, much in the same as uh, Max Verstappen did his as well. So very good lap there from, from Lando Norris. I think uh, McLaren are going pretty strong now uh, this uh, day one session. If you weren't with us uh, in the morning or, or in the morning when we joined the stream, uh, Daniel Ricciardo was the quickest during uh, the AM session of testing. So good start so far for McLaren. Uh, they've kind of started pretty well in the last couple of seasons though. So um yeah, well, let's uh, let's see if they can continue their pace. They're just going to do a lap comparison here. So let's see. Norris was able to make up most of his time on Ricardo, actually, in the first sector. He's up three-tenths on his lap. 
or excuse me, was down three tenths on the C2 tire that Ricardo set his lap on. So yeah, very good for the McLaren boys. I think I saw a question here. Yeah, that was from Rob again. Uh, so Norris versus Ricardo, who wins? Uh, I like Lando Norris. I think he's a very talented young driver. I still see Daniel Ricardo coming out on top. I think that Ricardo might be slower to start in the beginning of the season just because it's a new team, so he's going to have to have some time to adapt. But I think that uh, it'll be Daniel Ricardo eventually. I think Ricardo is one of the more underrated drivers on the grid. I think he's world championship material, and I believe that uh, Lando Norris will have his work cut out for him. But I think it's a very strong partnership, and, and it's one that I think will work out very well. But I think uh, Daniel Ricardo will get the best of him at the end of the day. So yeah, that's my prediction for that's how that's going to go. So coming up on 20 minutes remaining in the session, just going to reload here my Twitter feed, see if we got anything new. Check in with the official Formula One feed. Yeah, not much new happening currently at the moment. Seems like it's just Lando Norris out on track at the moment. We'll be going for another run. Let's see if he's going to do another push lap here. And uh, maybe try and make up that two tenths to try and get past Max Verstappen here for first place. It's coming into dirt. <coughs> Excuse me, coming into turn four. I keep thinking that they're going to use the uh, the outer layout and go left that time. So. <laughs> Uh, six tenth down in the first sector, so it looks like uh, he's taken most of the life out of that tire on that first run, and uh, not sure how much fuel. That's the thing is that we never know how much fuel is in these cars, so we don't know which lap times are the most representative because uh, of which teams are running fuels. Oh, when he goes, he went pretty hard over the curb there. I think he almost uh, he hit the right side of the front wing off the curb because it was sparking off there. I haven't really seen a driver take that line before. He went very, very aggressive to the curb there on uh, on turn seven. So that was interesting. But yeah, that will that will definitely mess up that lap for him. It certainly won't be as quick as uh, as the previous lap before that. Definitely, Max Verstappen looks like he'll end up rounding out the session out on top. Yeah, Norris comes into the pit, so he really only had one lap out of that tire. I think earlier uh, Rob was mentioning or asking if there was any news on what Red Bull were hiding on the back of their car, uh, whether in terms of the floor or anything. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, I, I'm going to be looking into that after I get off the stream. I'm going to uh, try and do a little bit of a report for, for day one. Uh, to have it ready for you guys tomorrow so that we can kind of go through that. Um, you know, I, I don't pretend to try and be an expert. Uh, on all the technical bits um, and it's sometimes difficult for me to see so i'm gonna see uh, on twitter from some of the more uh, uh, f1 tech experts and to see what sort of things that they've been able to pick up on on some of the new cars but red bull was one i was interested in as well rob um, as they're showing a replay of uh, yeah it was definitely uh, norris hitting the the right side of his front wing off of uh, off of that curb so that's probably why he ended up boxing after that lap as well um, but I haven't seen yet what they were hiding, but they were definitely very, very secretive about their RB16B, I think more so than any other team. So I'll be curious to see what they were hiding exactly. Um, 
yeah, maybe I'll maybe I will send out a tweet to to Chris Medlin as well afterwards to see uh, what he's been able to find. Currently, Lance Stroll is out on track, uh, just doing a warm up lap here. I believe he is on the prototype C one tire. Let's see if we can see. We got Stroll out on track. It looks like one of the Williamses as well, an Alfa Romeo, and I believe a Red Bull is also out on track at the moment. Trick diffuser? Yep, possibly. Something like that. I think it has to be something with the rear or maybe the floor um, that they were trying to hide. But yeah, it looks like Stroll is out on the prototype tire. Sure, right. just going to excuse myself for a second here, guys. Just going to do a fill up on my uh, coffee over here. Just be back in 30 seconds. All right, I'm back. I got the custom, I don't know if you guys can see that, Backmarkers F1 Show mug. Which I need to get a couple more of these. Maybe we'll send some out to the fans as well if you guys are interested. We do not have our, our own merchandise line just yet, but maybe sometime in the future we'll, uh, we'll get something like that out for you guys. Yeah, Stroll is a little bit faster this time around, going very well on this lap on the prototype tire. He's got uh, personal best sector one and sector two, very clean on the exit of the final corner. And as he crosses the line, yeah, goes fourth fast. It's a great lap there from Lance Stroll. 1.1 seconds off Max Verstappen's best time, but a 131.7. Pretty good lap on the prototype tire there from Stroll. So it looks like Aston Martin was uh, just trialing some stuff on the car and, and maybe running some tests, and, and they had some performance. So... Um, now they're letting it loose a little bit at the end of this session as they're just showing a replay now of Lance's lap. Seemed pretty clean. Didn't go too wide there on the final exit. I think he might have locked up going into turn seven. No, it looked pretty clean. Very well done. Yeah, it could be. Maybe just at the end of the session, you know, take out a little bit of fuel and, and try and uh, make some headlines there at the top of the timesheets. But on the prototype tire too, it's pretty good. Just go back to an uh, earlier question here. I see nothing, uh, nothing yet from Twitter here. Seems like my feed is loading up a little bit slower. But yeah, nothing yet. Just a couple of sandstorm pictures from Aston Martin. They've done a very good job on their social media. Uh, yeah, so sorry. So the question was Norris versus Russell. Which one has more potential? Very good question as well, too, and, and a difficult one. I think uh, I would probably go with George Russell as the one that has the more potential. I think he's shown us a little bit more, uh, obviously, in his Williams than I think Norris has in his McLaren. I think Norris has been equally impressive as well, um, and, and he's done a very good job so far for McLaren. I think he'll get better. But I think that George Russell does have the most, most potential, and I also say that from, for example, last year, Fernando Alonso 
said the same thing that George Russell was the young driver that impressed him the most. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to, uh, agree with a two time, uh, former world champion and he sees probably things that I can't see. And the rest of you guys can't see. I mean, obviously we see his impressive qualifying performances and what he's able to do. Um, but there might be some finer details that Alonso could see that, uh, you know, people that aren't professional racing drivers aren't able to see. So I'd probably go with, uh, with George Russell on that one. Yeah, definitely. Nikita Mazepin's been out for quite a long run here. I'm going to see if I can get you guys a lap update of which drivers have done the most laps so far. Excuse me. Uh, so let's see. On the leaderboard, I'm going to reload that. So currently, it is still Max Verstappen who's done the most laps with 132. Um, of course, those numbers are skewed with him and Esteban Ocon because they are the only drivers running for their teams. And uh, Esteban Ocon right behind him in terms of lap count with 123. Lando Norris has done 41 laps. Lance Stroll, 41 laps, which is pretty solid for Aston Martin. Um, they're coming up on almost 100 laps in total for both drivers. Fettel did 51 this morning. Uh, let's see here. Who else is out on track currently at the moment that we could talk about? Nikita Mazepin, who is out on track. Mazepin has completed 63 laps. He's 4.1 seconds off the pace uh, with a 134.7. Yeah, I would agree with, the, with PSG there to take Lewis's car and drive it to the edge as he did. Incredible. Very incredible. Um, to, to literally, had it not been for the Mercedes uh, pit stop issues, probably would have won the race. And, and when you look at his overtake on, on Valtteri Bottas as well, going into, uh, you know, that tight section of the secure outer layout, layout I mean, th that's why I think he's got that most potential to have that as your first race in the big team and, and to perform that well. And to honestly just look like a driver that was, if, if you were a non F1 fan tuning in for the first time, you wouldn't know that that that's George Russell first time in that car, that that was his first race with the team. Um, he looked completely at home and, and, and like you knew what he was doing. So uh, I think from that standpoint, that's why I would say that he has the more potential. Just unfortunate that, you know, the Mercedes had to <laughs> screw up on uh, on the pit stops and, and George wasn't able to at least get a podium, but probably would have won the race in my opinion. Let's see if we got any updates here from Chris. Nothing at the moment. Pretty quiet. We got Carlos Sainz out on track. As we come up to wrap up day one of testing, man, pretty crazy that we're already at the end of, uh, of day one and testing. I'm going to be looking forward to, uh, after the stream is done, to be uh, going through the AM session and watching a little bit of that. And uh, yeah, just uh, going to be getting set then for, for tomorrow's stream as well. Very excited to, to be doing this uh, this year. And I'm going to be looking to try and do uh, a couple more of these live streams throughout the year maybe for free practice sessions or, uh, you know, qualifying watch along stuff like that, I think, uh, is something that would be a little bit more enjoyable. Um, I always prefer to do stuff live, um, just because, uh, you know, I, I don't mind the editing, but sometimes it's just easier to get something done and it's up there and, and it saves you time. And, and it's also much better to be able to interact with you guys live. Uh, it's a lot more fun that way. Yeah, no, no updates in terms of that. Science so far going quickest, his personal best. 
He's setting personal best. He isn't going quickest at the moment. He is on the C3 medium tire as well. Nine tenths off of Verstappen's best lap time there in sector two. Yeah, and also uh, in response to your comment there, PSG, not only is it tailored to Lewis, I mean, he couldn't even fit in the car properly. You know, they had to like cut his boots um, and you could see just how tall he was on the onboard cameras, how much different it was. So yeah, it just makes it even more impressive. As Science goes fifth fastest with a 131.9, they're on the medium tire. Let's see if we can get you guys um, the tire performance data here. Uh, no, not that one. Tire history, here we go. So that should kind of give you guys a, a good idea of some of the tires that the drivers were running this morning. Lewis Hamilton also currently out on track. I haven't seen Lewis, or I haven't seen Hamilton out on any of the softer compounds yet. Um, the C5, I haven't seen him out on. I haven't seen him on the medium either. Let me just see. Yeah, so if you can see you guys here on the timing chart, Lewis Hamilton has only been running that C1 hard compound tire. He hasn't been on any of the mediums or hasn't been on any of the softs, the C3s or the C4s. So Mercedes, I think really Mercedes are just happy to get back uh, or get through the rest of this session with no problems on the gearbox or power unit front. Of course, Bottas this morning, if you weren't with us, only completed six laps, had some gearbox issues. Mercedes had to go back and uh, put the curtains up and uh, find the diagnostics issues to their problems. So they only did six laps this morning. Um, other teams, uh, Lance Stroll currently out on the hard compound tire. He was out earlier on the softs. I'm just trying to read out to you guys which drivers actually ran the softest compound, the uh, C5. So it was Lance Stroll went out on the soft tire. Uh, Fettel went out on the soft tire this morning. Roy Nassani exclusively on the soft tire today. He hasn't run any other compound, and but that's about it. Rest of the drivers like Giovinazzi and Ricardo, Verstappen, Norris have run a mixture, but mostly on the white sidewall hard tire. And then their fastest laps are actually done on the medium sidewall tire. Oh, not a problem, Rob. No, not not a problem at all. It's uh, it's great to interact with you guys. And yeah, like I said, I love the chat too. Um, again, I said it earlier, it makes it easier for me when you're on your own uh, to keep the conversation going with your comments and questions. So yeah, that's, I always try and do that as much, you know, when we say to, to comment on our videos, um, you know, we really mean that because we try and answer back to as many as possible. Uh, it's obviously difficult. Sometimes we're, we get a, a video that does very well and then we can't answer every single uh, comment, but we always try and interact with you guys. So we encourage that. So yeah, very much love the chat as well. Um, there was a, another question here from Antonio was, who is your favorite midfield team? Very good question. I think uh, for this year, I think it would have to be Aston Martin. Um, obviously, again, a little bit biased because uh, Fettel is my favorite driver, uh, you know, supporting Lance Stroll because he is a Canadian, but I also just love the Aston Martin brand. I love the rebrand, uh, the look of the car, you know, just the brand in general. Uh, I, I really love it. So I'd probably be cheering for them uh, for the most time, most part this year. But I also like McLaren. Uh, I like Alpine. I'm a big Alonzo fan, so I'm cheering on Alonzo. So, yeah, no, I, I'd probably say Aston Martin are my definite favorite, but I'm cheering on everybody. And, uh, you know, I'd be happy to see any of those teams pick up another race victory or even a, a couple of podiums this year. So, yeah, I, I very much like them. As Lewis Hamilton uh, just did a cool down lap 
and is uh, going to go out for another run as well. Let's see if he can put in a, a little bit of a faster lap as the Alpine of Esteban Ocon is just coming out onto the track in front of Lewis, but I'm sure he'll be able to get out of the way. As Hamilton goes around turn one, currently only 10th, 2.2 seconds behind Max Verstappen's best lap time of a 1.36 as he comes up to the sector one timing uh, timing area. A lot of drivers now doing that uh, different exit out of turn four, going very wide using the, the real little bit of curb and runoff there as Hamilton sets his personal best in the first sector. Yeah, the W12 and just the black livery in general just looks the best and the greatest under the lights. Yeah, lo oh, big lockup there from Hamilton as he runs wide, and I, I think he was affected there by the dirty air of Esteban Ocon. I, I thought Ocon would get out of the way on the second uh, straight there uh, between turn three and turn four, but I think that that affected some of the aerodynamic load on the front of the car, and Hamilton uh, might have to box after that lap if he flat-spotted the tire. But uh, he was going well in the, in the first sector there, had a personal best, but then um, was not able to hook it up together. So let's see if he comes into the slap. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the comments. Uh, love to have you in the chat. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow, uh, Rob. Uh, thank you for joining us today and uh, have a good day for yourself. And there's the replay locking up the left front for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, this, uh, this is such a tricky corner. And even when you're moving the bias all the way to the rear, uh, you tend to still feel like you're going to lock up the front. And especially if you're running behind uh, a car. I mean, you know, we know in Formula One, even if you're a good decent size gap, one or two seconds, you could still be affected by the dirty air. And I think that Lewis uh, got some of those effects out of there. But it looks like he's going for another lap. So I think that he didn't flat spot the tires too, too badly there. If you guys are interested, Charles Leclerc will be going live on Ferrari's Instagram at the end of this session. So Hamilton going for another lap. Going to look at some of these uh, other questions as well. Uh, what about your least liked team slash driver? <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, I, w I wouldn't honestly say I have like a least liked driver or team. I guess maybe I'd say Mercedes just because they win so often and, and I want the, the championship to be more competitive as uh, Hamilton just locked up into turn one. Yeah, I think he's going to have to box because uh, those tires just seem to be dead at the moment. Um, he runs wide in turn one. So yeah, maybe I guess I would say Mercedes uh, just from that standpoint because uh, you know him and Lewis, or Lewis and Mercedes are always winning. But yeah, I wouldn't really say I have like a least liked uh, team or, or driver from that uh, regard. Um, I, I respect all of them and, uh, you know, some I like more than others, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have a, a least liked driver. I'm not exactly sure, but I'd probably just say Mercedes because they just, they win too much and uh, hopefully that will change this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were hoping, oh, we got a virtual safety car. I was about to get to your comment there, PSG, that you were disappointed that uh, Hamilton uh, re-signed as a replay of Lando Norris. I think that was going into the final... Nope, that's going into turn one. Yeah, a lot of sand in that braking zone heading into turn one. Lando Norris, just a small lockup, but he was able to get out of it early enough to where he didn't flat spot the tire. And we got a lot of cars 
coming out on track at the moment, even though we have a virtual safety car with less than five minutes to go. So Hamilton's still out on track on those same set of tires that he locked up on. We got a little bit of a traffic jam here as Esteban Ocon's Alpine is again in front of Lewis Hamilton. So guys, as we're coming up to the end of the stream here, uh, we'll maybe take five or 10 minutes after the session is officially over and uh, just do a quick wrap up and look at the times. But uh, like I said, uh, I'll repeat it again. Tomorrow, Saturday, we're live at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so just figure that out uh, for wherever location you're at. I think YouTube automatically converts it uh, to wherever you are in the world. So you'll know. I think I believe the, we're supposed to set the clock some which way or the other this weekend, um, but it shouldn't affect the timings anyway. So we got that coming at 8 a.m. Uh, Shaker from the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast, one of my co-hosts, will be joining me uh, at some point during the stream. And then at 11 a.m., following the completion of the day two, session two session, uh, or the PM session, excuse me, Tim Haraney from the TSN Racing Pod and former Canadian racing driver will join us to break down the day's events and give his perspective from a racing driver uh, as to how uh, the numbers are going so far and his thoughts on testing. And then on Sunday, you'll definitely want to tune in Sunday because I've kind of set aside Sunday as sort of a, a fan interaction and appreciation day. I mean, every day is like that. Um, but on Sunday, we're going to be announcing a, a giveaway that we'll be doing at the end of March, just before the first race of the season. Uh, I've got some of the giveaway items actually uh, on its way. Some have arrived so far to me, have been shipped out here to Canada, but I don't have them all yet. So if I don't have them all by Sunday, I'll just show you guys the pictures. Um, but uh, if hopefully I can get them by Sunday, then I'll be able to show you guys what we're going to be giving away. There's a lot of really, really cool uh, little knickknacks uh, that are F1 themed. Like for example, uh, a year ago, I bought these little coasters, um, that you can see here. I don't know if you guys can see them. They're just like little driver coasters. Uh, obviously, these ones are a bit older because uh, they're outdated, but uh, we'll be giving away some of those awesome ones there as well. International giveaway, absolutely. Everybody will be, uh, excuse me, everybody will be eligible. So we'll give it away to whoever wins. Um, we'll announce how you're supposed to uh, enter the giveaway and everything like that tomorrow. Uh, so don't worry about that. So session is over at day one of preseason testing. The session has ended. My timer's, I think, a little bit off here, um, but that's okay anyway. So let's go down through the final classification. So Max Verstappen was the quickest of day one session, his best lap time of a 130.6, followed by Lando Norris, P2, Esteban Ocon in third, Aston Martin's Lance Stroll. He just did that fourth place lap not too long ago. He's 1.1 seconds off the gap, but that was actually on the prototype tire. Uh, while Ocon was on the C4 uh, soft tire. Then we got Carlos Sainz in fifth, followed by Antonio Giovinazzi in sixth. Pretty good result there for uh, the Ferrari power unit cars, uh, considering the struggles that they've had in the last season or so with engine power. Then we got Daniel Ricciardo in seventh, who set that time earlier this morning in the AM. Pierre Gasly in eighth, uh, his teammate Yuki Tsunoda in ninth. Lewis Hamilton rounds out the top 10. Uh, Hamilton struggling a lot for grip, and locking up a lot in his final runs there. And so that will be uh, rounding at the top 10 for Lewis Hamilton. Further down the order, just uh, of note, Charles Leclerc in the morning session had some power unit issues, which caused the red flag. He's out in 11th place. Uh, further down, you had Sebastian Vettel in 13th, rounding out the day with a 133.7 in the AM session. 
And uh, the final position in 17th going to Valtteri Bottas, who only completed six laps in the morning uh, because of some gearbox issues. And yes, it is... Um, yeah, so I think I did answer that. It will be international giveaway. Like I said, we're going to announce all that tomorrow, probably at the beginning and at the end of the stream. Um, but you have to tune in on Sunday uh, because that that will be uh, one way you'll be able to find out uh, the information and how to enter for that giveaway. I'm going to try and make it exclusive to the people here on the live stream. So it uh, gives you guys some incentive to join in and tune in to watch our live stream as well. So we'll announce that tomorrow and on Sunday, hopefully we'll be able to show you guys what we're going to be giving away. So before I go, uh, I'm just going to see if we can round out some information here on Twitter, if there's anything uh, new that we updated. Yeah, we see uh, Tim Haraini here, who, like I mentioned, will be on the show tomorrow, uh, just posting some of the photos here that it was a, a definitely a tough day for Mercedes. Very, very difficult for them. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen them struggle like this usually, but Lewis Hamilton running wide a lot, struggling for grip. And uh, after the gearbox issues that they've had, I think they're definitely going to be looking for a much, much smoother day tomorrow. So let's see if we got anything here. So Lance Stroll finished the day, 46 laps. Best time of a 1.31.7. Again, like I said, that was on the prototype tire. So pretty good lap for Lance. And we can see that they've got some good performance there in that AMR 21 Roy Nassani finished his day with 83 laps completed for Williams. I said this off the top, and I think uh, as well, <coughs> excuse me, on Twitter before that very weird that uh, obviously I know why they did it, but still odd that they gave Roy Nassani, the reserve driver, an absolute full day in the car. Um, so yeah, that was uh, going to be tough for Latifi and George Russell as well, having to make up for lost time. But Roy Nassani finished with 83 laps today. And... Yeah, just, just more pictures here, guys, just to get you uh, an idea of just how sandy the track was. But that Alpine looks pretty good. It looks pretty good in the sand. Um, if you guys weren't with us earlier in the stream, a lot of people were pointing out the massive airbox that the, that the Alpine uh, showed us today. Uh, when I leave the stream, I'm going to try and look at all the technical analysis uh, of all the little details and information of the new cars, specifically the RB16B that a lot of people were interested in because uh, Red Bull were very, very secretive on, on that car. So uh, we'll have all that for you tomorrow. And yeah, I think that's about it for most part in terms of day one of testing. If you guys got any final comments or a question, drop them in the chat now. If not, then uh, we'll slowly wrap it up and uh this preparation will begin for for day two of testing we got sebastian fettel ch chatting with the williams drivers earlier today with nicholas latifi and george russell a lot of the teams got uh their filming days and, and some special uh sponsor events going on as well too just before everything got going Oh, no problem. Thank you for joining. We'll see you tomorrow. And that's the final update of the running time. I'm just going to go through the fire tire final tire performance data. And then uh, we'll let you guys go here and, and reconnect for, to for tomorrow. So, yeah, not many drivers running that uh, the softest compound of tire today. Roy Nassani did all of his laps on that soft compound tire. Sebastian Vettel in the AM session 
did his runs on a soft compound tire. That might also have been because of track conditions as well. Um, Kimi Raikkonen did most of his laps on the medium tire, the C3, the yellow sidewall tire. Interesting to note that Verstappen's quickest time was set on that yellow medium tire uh, and the rest of his laps, over 100 laps done on that C1 hard tire. Lando Norris exclusively done his laps on that hard tire. He was second place today. Very good results so far for McLaren in the early days of testing. And then Esteban Ocon as well did only a, a short run on that soft tire and uh, did most of his also on the harder compounds. And Lance Stroll as well set his fastest lap on the prototype and only did uh, minimal running there on the soft compound tire. So that should about do it then for day one of preseason testing. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining today's stream, all the interaction and everybody chiming in with your questions and comments. It was really, really good. And uh, hopefully uh, all the technical stuff was good in terms of the stream, uh, the video and the audio quality, um, I think was was able to work out well. So very much appreciate everybody joining in. If you got any follow-up questions or if you find anything online that you think is interesting that you'd like me to discuss tomorrow on the stream, tweet it at us at TBMF1show. Use the hashtag BMF1stream and we'll be able to answer those questions or bring them up tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, have some of those tweets for you guys tomorrow as well. Again, as a reminder, we're live tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern for day two on the PM session. So set your reminders there on YouTube and we're going to have some great guests lined up for you and announcing our giveaway as well. But that'll do it for me. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the stream today. I very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed the fact that Formula One is back. And I think that there's a lot to talk about from this first session. And I think that day two tomorrow is going to be very interesting. Hopefully the sand will clear up a little bit. We have some clearer conditions and we'll get to see some of these drivers stretch their legs a little bit more in terms of their performance runs. So until then, have yourselves a great day and we will see you tomorrow for day two of preseason testing on the Backmarkers F1 show. Bye for now.